Welcome back, everybody, to There Will Be Dungeons. It's been a little bit. We had a bunch of uh, conflicts on schedule this month or the last month or so, but we're back after a three-week hiatus, and uh, it's exciting to be here. Thank you for joining us for D&D. Quick reminder, we have a little partnership going with our friends at phoenixpearltea.com. They just sent me a brand-new tea for the show, and I left it upstairs, so that's brilliant. Uh, Next week, I'll actually drink it on the air so you guys know what I'm working on here. Um, but it looks great, sounds great, and probably is great. And as soon as I taste it, I'll let you know. Uh, but for in the meantime, there's a whole bunch of teas named after stuff we do here on the show at uh, phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. You're encouraged to go check that out whenever possible. All right, without any delay, let's throw it over to Kristen. We'll catch us up on what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, they managed to make it to Mars, where they were greeted with great gusto and also a noxious network of Nashes. When deciding dealings with them, Nash pushed power to a white-robed Nash who had quickly squashed a scuffle between Hamster Nash and Dragon Nash. Following this foray into mingled madness, the team took time to share in some revelry as an old friend, Charlemagne, served them as he had so long ago. Now we join our heroes as they prepare for the oncoming onslaught. What will each do with their last lounge? How will they modify their makes? And will White Nash prove as trustworthy as Nash believes him to be? Stay tuned for the continuing conundrums and perilous pursuits of space. All right, Bo, it's back to you. Let's do this. All right. All right, the heroes of the wastes, Nash Magar to the solar mines, Vorel Rasphim Kurik, Queen Hope Akmenos, uh, Orifi Hope Akmenos, and uh, Valir Ornoth, a.k.a. the Seleli Prime, a.k.a. Stanley Billings of the wastes, find themselves in a place below the surface of Mars, underneath the great tree of Slur Slinar. Um, <laughs> I think I got that right. Yeah. Yes. Well, actually, it's the Great Elder Tree of Mars, but uh, sure, I think it's also called that. Um, They find themselves in the Augmentation Cylinder, um, a chamber devised by the high-tech elves of Elhandar, and they've constructed this uh, for the express purpose of providing the heroes with enhancements. Admiral Chrysorius, when we last left off, was explaining to you uh, that... The augmentation cylinder is a re, uh, you know, a reconstruction of their Elhandar tech, which is the space station that crashed into Mars, um, designed to perform surgery on your neurobiology, and and in order for you to change uh, knowledge and to enhance you, which means, as we discussed last week, you would get a level up. You could swap out any abilities except for race, class, and subclass. Um, yeah. So Admiral Chrysoria stands before you, having explained uh, the benefits of taking such an option, and says, We must act quickly. Please refer to these panels to decide on what changes and augmentations you might require. And we will begin immediately. Quick, uh, quick tabletop question. Um, were we this put us at 15 right not if 16 if we take it, it if you take it 15. so you might have made some changes already to your sheet in the few weeks we've been off um, so don't make them again <laughs> if yeah. you're, but we're just we're, we left off before you 
we're making the decision. So there may be right. some of you who don't make the decision. Sure. Okay. Just making sure I'm at the ba- whatever baseline we're supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valir would step forward and just go, it's very clear that uh, dealing with the principal is going to be more than a challenge. We faced him once and we did well, but now he has the hand and we're going to be fighting him on his terms. I think we need to be as prepared as we possibly can be. He would go forward to have the procedure done. Yes, my Sillily, that was our thinking too. Hope would step up after Stanley. Chrysorius nods to you. Hope will nod to Chrysorius. Nash, Vorel. Nash would um, stand there with his arms folded and not do anything. He's not sure he's doing this or trust it. He'll let his friends guinea pig it. So do you communicate all this with your facial expressions or you say that out loud? Um, no, I don't say any of it. I just stand there with my arms folded and just look at the guy. If he wants, if he's looking for like a reaction out of me, I'll just say, I'll just kind of shake my head a little bit. I'll, I'll seem very standoffish about it. And Juvarel? I will look at my friends and Varel is breathing a little heavy and he looks back and forth and he locks eyes with Stanley and says I am no coward (sighs) and the tips of his spikes and his frills fill with a reddish blood and he turns and walks proudly, chest out, out the door. Oh, damn. I'm going to follow him. I'm just going to walk out with Varel. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be level 15, Scott? I want to be level 15, but I don't want to change all my shit. Well... It's one well, you don't have other. to change any. You don't have to change anything. You can just get to level fifteen. <laughs> so I don't get the level without the process. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it's the augmentation cylinder. This is how you're augmented. Okay. Well, as I follow Varel out, I go. Oh, wait a minute. I do want to be fifteen and turn around. See, as somebody who uh, who. Every now and then, if Scott has questions, has his character sheet at the ready, and notice that Scott had already made his character level 15. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he might give Scott a little easy bailout here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Varel, you, you exit the chamber, uh, ascending up outside, and find yourself to be alone. All right. I will proudly, with great purpose, gusto, chest out ahead of me, make my way to the lizard folk. Very good. You walk into the thicket of jungle and uh, disappear. Back to the rest of the party. Um, so Nash, you're now sort of... Uh, Chrysorius looks at you and he says, Oh, so, so you'll be taking the augmentation then. Uh, I'm sure you it's quite safe. Only to a degree. 
Well, it's as safe as it can be, given the circumstances. I'm not going first, though. Well, um, you can all go at the same time. Oh. So we don't get to see how this works first from, like, see if Stanley doesn't explode or whatever? We you don't can have wait, time. Nash. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Is the only well, way to do it, can we only do it all at once, or can I, can I wait and see how it goes for one of them? The procedure's going to take several hours, and tomorrow we will convene to plan our stratagem, and by tomorrow evening we could be very well in the sky. Time is of the essence. We can't allow the principal. We can't afford him days upon days. It's now or never. I'll look at my... Nash, two. you are more indestructible than any of us. What are you so worried about? Not worried. I just don't trust this weird procedure. I got a lot of weird issues already, and I don't want you to walk away with, like, an extra ear or some bullshit. But I'll, you know what? I'll, I'm good. I, I, if you guys are trusting this, I guess I'll trust it. I'll, I'll just do it. <clears throat> Very well. Let us begin. And so you're in this large metal chamber that's like um, cylindrical. And in the center, as the steps rise, there's this large um, cylinder sort of chamber. And part of the sleeve of this chamber releases and steam billows out like jets of uh, condensation just sort of shoot out as this large sleeve raises up on the cylinder uh, on a raised platform and stairs fold out and then up these stairs at the top there are four chambers where one can sort of stand Borg style like on these on these on these small diocese and there are all these kind of like needly looking things and pieces of equipment near them and Chrysorius ascends the stairs beckoning you to follow and says please make your way to the to the chamber. Stanley will move up to the chamber. Yep. I'll follow. All right. So a a series of elves in in doctor's robes come out of the room and they also follow behind. And as they, as you move into the chamber, they point you to where you need to stand and you each stand in your own sort of corner. And there's one empty corner where Varel would have stood, but had he not stormed off. And um, <clears throat> they begin um, strapping you in with belts, like around your, 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 your torso and your chest and around your legs to make sure you don't move too much. And the doctors each swing out like this computer panel, this old CRT monitor. And there's a little, um, <clears throat> like, trackball where you can sort of scroll around and click things. Knowledge, like, and, and they hook up these diodes to your head. And as the diodes read the information in your head, you see like a little printout of your, your skull and your cerebrum on the monitor. And then it sort of identifies your knowledge and things you know. Bing, 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 bing. Like for Nash, it's got, you know, thermal underwear DNA. It sort of zooms in on your crotch and then expands the DNA out into the rest of the body. Nice. You know, for... And you see things like this, and for Stanley, you see, you know, your 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 magical abilities uh, start to be like <laughs> moved onto the screen, and for Hope, you as well. Um, all of your features and knowledge, things you would have picked up in your personal histories, are being examined on the screen. And Admiral Chrysorius says, "Now, please take your time and make sure you you make selections of what's needed." And there's another panel there where you can pick to replace other things with the things that you might need, including some of the new things for your next level as applicable. 
and while you make those selections, uh, you you know, devices are being measured by other elves as they come in. They might take your eye and go like this and shine a light in it really quickly to see your eyes. Like they're sort of um, examining you and, and preparing you while you make your choices on the screen. So since we discussed this at the end of the last show, I'm assuming everyone has made their choices and added it to their character sheet already. Yes, indeed. Yes. Nash? Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm staying essentially the same, just looking for but, st- more strength. But you leveled up your character, right? So yeah. you're, you're, you made your choices. There. I Great. did. So then we can just we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. Um, after some time, you spend making your decisions. Um, Admiral Chrysorius uh, asks you. So have you made your decisions? Are we ready to commence? If there's yes. any questions or you require consultation, please let me know now. Is it going to hurt? We, no, the procedure will be painless. We will administer painkillers through um, these. And he lifts up one of those sort of needle arms from... Not to worry. But you may be asleep for some time. Okay. <laughs> well, if there, if there aren't any other questions about before making any permanent decisions... Then we will see you soon. I've given up more for less. Let's do this. All right. And the elves exit the chamber, and then Admiral Chrysoris exits the chamber, turns around, and looks you square in the eye, respectfully, uh, Salele Prime, as the sleeve comes back down. And now it's just the three of you, and lights, there's all these kind of like red lights sort of flashing now as the lights dim, and you just see red and blacks. And the three of you can see each other as, like, you hear the the computer, you know, ticking. And then a voice on intercom goes, we'll begin in two minutes. Begin the countdown. And you have two minutes to chat with each other before the lights dim. Well, at least we didn't have to deal with the demon for this one. Yeah, it's a lot better to not have to sign your soul away for this. We'll see how things go on the other side. Still very skeptical. And as you say that, you you, you feel time begin to slow down. And you say, still feeling very skeptical. <laughs> Does anyone else want to say anything in super slow motion as the drugs take effect? Nope. All right. Then you let the sweet, sweet piece of drug-induced sleep uh, make your eyelids heavy and close, and you drift off. So make sure you benefit from a long rest, whatever you do. If you haven't. And I guess while you're sleeping, we'll check in with Varel, see what what he's up to. You won't be seeing your friends for a little bit. <laughs> it is now the Varel uh, hour. Um, so you, you, after having left to go return to your lizard folk, of, of which there are approximately uh, 75, I think we noted down here. And they've been invited to stay in a, a portion of the jungle all to themselves. Uh, so you, you, you find them through your survival techniques, right? You can the telltale signs, the scents. And uh, before entering into the um, area with the lizard folk, uh, you see them, and we'll pick up with you there. What uh, what kind of housing have they been supplied with? 
Uh, well, they've been building uh, structures of the ground, so they haven't really been. They've been preferring to choose. They, they've preferred not to take any of their weird sciency tents or, or, or you know, crude clinical buildings. Um, so they've made um, makeshift um, sand piles of the you know rather moist and earth. All right, you mentioned uh, that we would get access to a plus two weapon of our choice. Right, that was back in the augmentation chamber. Okay, cool. You stormed out. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, yeah. so I will, I will like like the Lion King cresting up onto Pride Rock with the rain falling and the <laughs> kind of do my my slow walk towards the town, and as I sort of emerge from the jungle, I will ball up my fists, take a big deep breath in. And roar to my people. Jesk, Rumag, Tyralis! And alight my sword and shove it in the air and flex my pecs as best I can to make a great burst of light. And that basically means, in so many words, the courtship of the Fang has begun. Oh, shit. And I will walk to the center of town, dig my flame sword in the ground, spin about, kind of loosen the earth, so that I make kind of a sand bowl and mm -hmm. I will in turn invite each fertile female to bed with me here in the middle of the tribe. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. Is awesome. um, <laughs> okay. So uh, let's make a performance roll. First of all, just because you are performing and it, as is tradition in D and D, we need a roll. Okay. Awesome is there any way I could convince you for a uh, athletics or something strength based? Hmm. Hmm. have some tokens. Let's cash one of those in at some point that we never used. Uh, so let's do that and go ahead and make it strength based. All right. Twenty-seven. Okay. Well, that is a very good roll. So instead of words, what I'd like to do, you know, I kind of. I stir my great bowl of sand that I've created in the ground. I go down, I kind of on fours do that lizard push-up thing and like mm, 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 really kind of get in there and, you know, fill in the spikes <laughs> with blood and really just making a show of it. Okay. Um, all right. So several uh, lizard folk, uh, female that you can tell, um, everyone sort of turns to look at you. First of all, you are the great fang. You are the leader there. You escape no lizard folks attention as they all turn to you. And yes, the prospective mates step forward um, close to you. And as they step forward, like one mate bumps into the into one of them, and then they begin to immediately fight uh, right on the spot. As there's this vicious fight that's formed, um, you know, they're disregarded by the other lizard folk who don't in, uh, females who don't get into fights. However, four or five fights do break out. Um, and they are bloody. I, I, don't, I don't know if you want to formalize these fights or just allow the, 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 the chaos to happen. Oh, no, I watch breathing heavy while I do. Yeah. And then realizing that the fighting is a sign of strength, the lizard folk females that weren't fighting realize how indignified it would be to ignore the call for violence and just simply approach. And thus they all begin picking fights with each other or entering into the melee with two that are already fighting, creating a a giant royal rumble <laughs> that's occurring before you, essentially, of females that are now fighting for the honor of courtship of the Fang. Excellent. 
So I'm not sure if it was your intent to have as many partners as possible or to have a singular partner. There will be one chosen first, but there will be many partners to rival that of Stanley's number. Okay, so there are they are all now. This is a job interview for for uh, um for, for <laughs> I feel so gross saying this. This is, a, <laughs> this is a job interview for for those who will get to mate with you uh, or not. And, uh, it's a courtship ritual. Yeah, courtship to to, but to make your preference or to to be of preference essentially. So. Um, there's now a grand melee in place. Do you just simply watch? Yep, and then once one has sort of risen above, pinned the others, sort of displayed their martial or physical prowess, I grab them by the nape with my teeth and drag them to the pit. Okay, so so as the fight goes on, several of them, you know, get uh, winded or beat down, and the, the group of 20 or so, two dozen uh, lizard folk females dwindle to, to four. Um, you know, as 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 they they all succumb to their injuries uh, one by one. Um, of the four, uh, they're the strongest of them has two of them in the headlock. So that's what you you want to do. You want to grab that one by the nape and take take her off. Yeah, basically, as as she's you know in the wrestling, holding them down, I just grab them by the neck, kind of scruff them as you. Oh, you're gonna take more. Than, you're gonna take more than one. No, just one at a time. Nah, just nah. one. All right. All right. Ugh. So as you grab as you grab the, the first lizard folk female of your preference, the strongest of the bunch, um, she's in the middle of battle frenzy and resists your grab. You're going to have to make a strength contest. All right, with pleasure. I think we all need to recognize Kyle and his lizard research that he's brought to this role. Mm-hmm. And just appreciate the numerous lists he's probably gotten himself on looking up lizard courtship. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got a nat twenty. Oh my wow. I, got, I, I got a nat one on my roll. So <laughs> let the virility begin. <laughs> I mean, let the male virility begin. You grab the strongest of the lizard folk uh, uh, females by the nape with your teeth. You said, or with yep. your hand? With, yeah, my with your teeth. teeth. Yeah, just pulling her right out, and then and you have without even having to use your arms or anything, you just have her by the nape and you're walking off to your pit, and then the fighting sort of stops between the other ones as they realize a choice has been made but then they get back to fighting anyways because there could be a, a you know sh- she won't be the last, so there's still positions to fight for. Absolutely. Um, if you would yeah. like to avoid the details, I'd be happy to make perhaps charisma rolls until I can go no more. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let, let's see if you can. Let's see if you can bed the first one. You're off to a good Very start. Very well. Um, but you th- okay? So now you approach the pit that you've dug out, and you have um, uh, you have the the. I want to refer to her with a name. You have the. Fe- you don't even know her name though, so I, I can't give that to you. Um, you have the first of your 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 the partners, courtships. What is it? Uh, concubines. Like you have your, the first of your harem. 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 There you go. You have the first of your harem in your teeth. Uh, how do you, how do you proceed? That's a pretty normal procedure, if you will. The teeth stay on the back of the neck, and the rest of it is wrestled to the ground and pinned. Oh, right in that position. Yeah, okay. and, this is, and as you know, as is tradition of the lizard folk, I've seen other males do this, so it's no mystery. Okay, so she fights you for it. Um, it's not. It's not. In your mind, maybe it should be as easy as that, but it's not. And um, she makes another grapple check with you uh, to actually wrestle you to the ground. 20, not natural. 
Ah, so she gets a higher roll than you, and Ooh. as you attempt to do this, she turns around and and grabs you by the shoulders and throws you to the ground, but with her body, and then she's over top of you, and she take her her mouth uh, is bears its teeth. Ah, and she clamps down to bite at you, uh, making an attack roll with advantage. Uh, it's twenty six. That's a hit. Yeah. All right, and does eight points of piercing damage as she as she clamps down, biting your neck. It is your turn. I will revel in this and do my... Make her make a dexterity saving throw or get hit by the fire reaction that I have. Oh, okay. Dexterity saving throw? Fail. Failure. So I she takes, takes fire damage. Seven yeah. points of fire damage. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Seven points of fire damage. Uh, that's quite a lot. Uh, she's not a level 15 character like yourself. And um, it relaxes her grip on you for just a moment as if you want to make another grapple attempt, you will gain advantage over her. All right. I will ride the damage into a rage for 18. Uh, 24 for me. Whoa. As you attempt to get it, she, she as you attempt to do that, she wrestles and you're sort of in this impasse now. Um, as she, she, so she's on fire. You attempt to grapple her. She pushes your hands off and then she takes you by the neck and attempts to grapple you by your neck in order to smash your head into the ground. Good Lord. All right. Some Klingon shit going down here. <laughs> 18. 18 for me. Let's take her. You can bring her to the level up. Oh, no, not attack roll. It's contest. She's grappling you by the neck. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, man, I rolled a four, so 14. Oh, she grapples you by the neck, and she she just goes, oh, she's in a battle rage. This is, this is no thinking. There's no logic behind any of this. You've initiated the mating ritual. You're getting the mating ritual. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she's like, oh, good, and she smashes your head into the ground several times, uh, dealing uh, 12 bludgeoning damage. All right, six because I'm also in a rage. So this is this is just joy. This is pure. Yeah, this is fun. This is ecstasy. Yeah, yeah. She's smashing your head into the ground, and now it is your turn. All right. She has you by the neck, and she's smashing your head into the ground. I'll see if I can finally get this grapple underway with a better roll. Here, twenty-five. Uh, you got it. I got a twenty-four. Damn. All right. Yeah. So now you have. uh, How do you grapple her? This is your choice. Well, she's been just kind of banging my head to it. I want to I wanna basically do the flip up, but ride on top. So then I'm on top now. So just kind of take all my weight and throw her on her back. Okay. So with the successful roll, you take all your weight, throw her on your back. And instinctively, she knows what's going on now. And the battle ends and consummation begins. Although the line between what is both is blurry as... as as its consummation begins, my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, how long does the lizard folk consummation last? Is this, uh, you know, you know, I didn't look that part up. <laughs> I did a lot of research. Didn't look at that. Though. You're gonna have like a lot of hours because the other guys are in the augmentation cylinder. So, uh, seldom eat, minimal drinking. Uh, let's I mean, imagine it's like a minute or two, right? You know, yeah. Like, well, let's see. Like nature, humans are the ones that are like, "Ooh, do it for hours." Like animals are like, you know, they're done in like a few seconds, right? Like it's not. But you are a, a lizard man, lizard folk, lizard people. 
So it, there may be some time. <laughs> you're stuck between. I feel like you're stuck between being like, no, no, it's definitely an hour, <laughs> versus no, no, it's ten seconds. What do I decide? Let's rule. Just, just yeah. It's it's a fantasy game, so we could, it's it, there's no wrong answers here. I don't think. Okay, I would say, I would say it's a solid twenty minutes. Solid twenty. And then there's that, there's I a like brief it. there's a brief break where she is dismissed from the the bowl, and a breath is had before engaging another. Yeah, and the fighting in the pit has resumed. So you so now we're not going to do this whole process in detail each time you wanted to make a charisma roll to see how many you were able to bet in a day before ex expiring from fatigue constitution was my preferred yeah that makes sense Con I, yeah you're not i don't know why charisma uh, yeah constitution's the way to go for sure all right there's, there's nothing charming about any of this <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna come out leveled up varel's gonna be a dead shriveled husk but we'll have many children to join us i got a 28 uh, oh, I don't know why I rolled. 28. Okay. Um, let me just consult with my DM screen here on... Yeah, let's print it on there. How many lizard folk sure. you can bet with a 28? <laughs> so, well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the setting of DC tab, right? So nearly impossible is 30. <laughs> I don't think it would be nearly impossible to bet all two dozen of the women. And 28 is pretty close. So... As many, yeah, you you could do the whole the whole run, the whole tribe. Excellent. It's just up to you if you want to stop. So is, is that what happens? Yeah, unless I unless I hit a, a barrier of unfruitful or un, but basically the losers of the pit. You know, they don't they don't deserve. Nope. nope. You you successfully bed twenty four lizard folk women today. Um, you do not benefit from a long rest, and you, you are at about two HP. <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna say one HP. You're at one HP. You have you have sustained da damage all day long, and um, yeah, that yeah, you are near death. Perfect. All right, so uh, that's that's eight hours have gone by. All right, well, we'll check in with you a little bit later. Then you just sit tight. Guys, I feel pretty good about the deal we made. I think we came out ahead on this. Um, yeah, so, uh, Nash, um, Hope and, and Varel, uh, not Varel, Nash, Hope and Stanley, yeah. or Valir, yeah. um, you open your eyes, uh, and it's, there's a soft, like, your, your eyes are fuzzy, so you can't really see the faces of people making it out to you, and you just hear, you hear, open your mouths, <laughs> and, 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 uh, does anyone comply? Like a spoon is being like a vague image of a spoon is being moved towards your mouth. Are we pretty certain that it's a spoon? It's not some guy's wiener or something weird like that. Make make a, make a perception roll, please. Okay. <laughs> with disadvantage? No, no, not with disadvantage. Just make a perception roll. Okay. Uh, a five. <laughs> You don't know. There's a chance. As far as you're concerned, there's a chance it's a wiener. All right. <laughs> a very different mating ritual in this chamber. I mean, I mean, we're in. We may as well be in. So yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Give me All your right. give it's me your a, spoon wiener. I'm ready. Yeah, it, it's a spoon. It's a spoonful of some kind of food that tastes sweet and yummy. It's just a doctor trying to feed you. You've been out for eight hours. Here's a bit of food for you. 
please eat. Does everyone eat? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. So your bodies feel tremendously weak, and um, and then each one of you feels like there's a little bit of stimulant to help you get through the evening, um, and you feel like a needle jab sort of in your side as the doctors uh, come up and repair you. But within minutes, your eyes begin to refocus. You begin to get a sense of where you're at. You feel your body sort of strengthened enough, but you're going to need a long rest um, uh, to, to recover from the surgery. Uh, and Chrysoria steps in and says, Good news, heroes of the wastes. The surgery went flawlessly. You now have your new powers. And, um, you know, should you wish to test them, we have a chamber here where you can cast your spells safely or your abilities. How does everyone feel? I've certainly felt better than this. Ugh. Uh, this is about as bad as I always feel. It's fine. So here's the agenda for the next day. This We are now in evening time here on Mars, and there's a bit of a celebration from the Elves of Elhendar and the rest of the peoples here. A sort of Last Supper style thing where there's music and frivolity for one day before the sobering reality of war sets back in tomorrow. After this evening, tomorrow morning, we will reconvene in the Grove to go over the battle plans. And from there, we will depart and instigate war with the principal. Um, if we need supplies like weapons, armor, shields, would that be tomorrow? Um, nope, it's right now. We have the equipment here. And he sort of looks over as you step down from the augmentation cylinder. You see um, uh, like a, a trolley has been sort of brought in that's, that floats off the ground a little bit. It's got the plus two armaments we talked about last week. It has the long rest in a can. And um, and uh, there's also sort of a, a box of, not a box, but like there's a sort of shelf full of like jars that look like reagents, but like, it looks like a medical medicine cabinet kind of style from a hospital. So, and these would pro these would contain medical reagents. So, um, Admiral Chrysorius explains what these are. These are El the best of Alhandari weapons that they have at their disposal for you. If you need a plus two item of some kind, a weapon or armor, they're available. If you need reagents, they're available unless they have a gold cost. And then we have to discuss. John has already discussed some of these. So it's at this point, can you just formally make your request for... Uh, yeah, let me pull up the list that I gave you. I believe it is two gem-encrusted bowls. Um, mm -hmm. two, uh... What was it? I'll just look at my spell list. Uh, two gem-encrusted bowls, a... Nope, that one, that spell. It's this one. Uh ruby dust and diamond dust very good we've collected all that we have of those things and um, please provide them to the Salele and um, one sec sorry I had to sneeze there all over my arm it's great um, well I tried to cover it but it snuck out anyways um, so the um yeah, so the, the, the reagents are proffered to you, uh, Stanley. Stanley, um, And that's all that they have available. So Chrysler says, we've, we've looked around for what you need for these um, incantations of yours, and this is what we have. 
This will do nicely. Thank you. Excellent. Um, Hope, Nash, can we procure weapons or armor of any kind for you? Oh, one other thing real quick, Bo. Was, is that yeah. all I get? Because I also gave myself a weapon and armor. Well, you can get a weapon and armor. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Stanley is also yeah. going to take... You're the, you're the Prince of Elves. You, you get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> like so, Stanley is also going to take a plus two rapier and uh, a plus two set of studded leather armor. Okay. All right. And uh, Hope, Nash? Um, Hope will be looking for a plus two rapier plus two half plate armor and a plus two shield. Okay. So you can add those items to your sheet. Nash. Uh, Nash wants, hold on. Let me pull this back up. Nash would like, um, a plus two staff. Uh, I can't find the one I wanted. Hold on. There's a name in here. Um, well, should just be the yeah, quarter staff, probably is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, with a, I think it's got a plus two int on it. It'll be called quarters quarter staff plus two. Is probably what quarter it's called. Staff. It's not coming up for some reason. No. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, uh, I can deal with that on my own, but um, <laughs> I want that. Oh, there it is. Quarter staff plus two. I found it. Yeah. I yeah, want that, and I want um. What am I wearing right now? Your rags, I think. Or no, your fashionable nobility clothing by Lohar Lohar. Yeah, maybe. why am I still wearing that? Hold on. R- rambunctious bunch gang threads. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're she- Hold on a second here. Uh, <laughs> the accuracy of your sheet's a little unreliable. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Um uh, so yeah, you wanted some. Uh, you want some robes? I want a cloak of protection. There it is. Nope, you can't get one of those. Why? <laughs> you, you, you can only get plus Jeez. two items. <laughs> Why? He's it's plus, yelling it's at these elves. All right, so it's plus two items. So something. If you want plus two, like I think it's robes plus two. Like it's it's whatever is. Um, you know, it's generic <laughs> equipment they pr- would provide you. All with. right, robes plus two then. And I think right. that's it. Yeah, I don't even know if robes plus two exists as as what it's called. I don't either. I can't. That's why I can't find. So if it does, I can't find it. Oh, you probably probably don't get plus two armors of that kind. That's probably why the issue the issue is. What did, what did you want? A cloak of protection? Yeah. All right, you can take you can take one of those. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, cloak of protection <laughs> is basically what it is. We'll give that to you. It's All just right. plus one to AC saving throw. So yeah. All right. Yeah, look at the DM walking it back. His cruelty. Yep. <laughs> oh, right. we found one, sir. It was in the back. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping the table level with it, but you can have it. <laughs> All right. So you've got your cloak of protection, and you've got your items. Make sure to write somewhere on your character sheet that you have a long rest in a can, except for Varel, who has none of these things. Can I take his to you give can. to him? Okay. Yeah. So I'll put. Yeah. It's in my inventory as a rejuvenation syringe, but I mean, you can grab items for him too. You can't communicate with him about what he wants, but you could you could take what you wanted to give. Uh, I mean, Varel likes swords that are great. Um, I don't want to mess this up for Kyle. Hmm. Oh, sweet! What would would Varel use? That cloak looks good. Use a 
axe? Would he be a sword man? Sword man. He's a sword lizard. Yeah. <laughs> you think a great sword? Yeah, we learned Like, that. he'd want just, like, the greatest sword possible, Basically right? Basically the Guts's sword from Berserk, the big old yeah. bastard sword. Yeah. Right now he's just... I would grab... But also a shield, you know, not that big, but... Oh, well, that's true. If he uses a shield, and he does, right? Yeah. I, I think a greatsword has to be two-handed, so it would just be a longsword then. What does one give the angriest horny man in the story right now? All right, I would get a uh, plus two longsword for shower. <laughs> <laughs> sand shower. Oh, yeah. Have to be sand. So I'll put it in my inventory for now to remember, but Kyle, you okay. can basically add it to yours. I'm bringing you a plus two longsword. Cool, and Hope will grab a plus two shield for Varel. Okay, great. Um, you can take those items, and you have the long rest in a can, and I think that just about covers everything. Um, so Admiral Chrysorius then says, We shall see you t on the morrow at the Grove. Enjoy the entertainments of the evening, and rest well. Should any problems arise from the surgery today, he looks towards you, Nash. Please come and see us. <laughs> why Nash specifically? Yeah, why is he looking at me? I don't like that. Uh, you, made, you made a strange comment about growing an ear after surgery. <laughs> 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 All right. I'll take his advice. All right. So with that, you reascend from and in, in, out into the jungle of Mars. Um exiting, the ch leaving the chamber and the Elhendari science elves behind you. Um, so if we go to the map here, I think we have everyone on this. No, we don't. Map. You know, we have the residences. We have the market to visit. Um, there's also, uh, the, the apparently, within the community village, there is a, a celebration of some kind happening this evening. And it's, it's nighttime, so there's no clouds in the sky. You just see stars and moonlight. Um, above you. I think it's the moon of Phobos. I don't know if it actually shines on Mars, but we'll say it does now. Yeah. Well, Anyone I guess uh, first stop would be if they're having a celebration of sorts. I feel like we should be there. That's where Valir would start heading. Okay, so Valir to the celebration. Hope, Snash, Snash, Nash. Snash. That's me. Yeah. Um, so I, I can just go, right? You're free. Tomorrow morning would be the reconvening of the uh, war assembly of the Earth, Earthly Defenders. Okay. But no, so, other, yeah, it's, no, more, no other commitments tonight. I can go see my family and hang out with them. You can do whatever you like. I'm going to do that. Uh, one thing before everybody departs, Stanley would look at at the other two and say uh, one thing before we all figure this out uh, one of my new abilities involves uh, eating a meal we'll save it for breakfast but uh, it's definitely going to be something you all and definitely Varel will want to attend so uh, you know enjoy tonight but make sure we reconvene for a little bit of help in the morning sounds good and if you see Varel, let him know. I don't know where he wandered off to. I'll go see if I can find him. 
Okay, so Nash is going to spend time with family. Hope you're going to go look for Varel. Yeah, invite him to the party. Okay, perfect. Varel, I imagine you are just resting, at laying point. in my pit in the middle of town. Perfect. All right, so let's uh, let's carry out these actions. The three of you part ways. Uh, Valir, you begin. Uh, Valir, you, you head towards where the 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 tents are of the Elhendari Alps and, and, and the structures. Um, Nash, you head home to see Angelashi, and uh, we'll start with Hope, who's off to the into the jungle to where she's remembers that the lizard folk would likely be staying. Um, so, within a few minutes, Hope, uh, you walk through the jungle and find the area uh, where the lizard folk are, and you see Hope. Um, Lying in a pit, with uh, he's lying in his pit, sort of leaning back, head towards the sky, looking up, and there's all these other lizard folk looking sort of spent, spent slash beat up in the same hole around him nearby, all sleeping. So there's like you know, the two dozen ladies are sleeping, and Varel's just lying there, um, uh, in this pit. Hope can't really tell the difference between male and female, so she that's, just yeah. assumes he showed up and fought everybody and then yeah. passed out. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of what it looks like. So she's going to kind of uh, try and step over the lizard folk to get her way to Varel, shake him a little, and if he wakes up, let him know about the party. But if he doesn't stir, she'll just let him lay there. Oh, do you stir, Varel? My eyes shoot open, assuming yet another aggressive coitus is underway. <laughs> but with one hit point, I lay, raise my head slightly, kind of peer through the, the gloom and the bruises and see Hope there and collapse back my head and go, I did it, Hope. Tell Stanley, I did it. Pharrell did what? Did you kill everyone? All no. No, no, I, I didn't kill anybody. I... I have made it. Hope will look around and see the number of lizard folk. <laughs> and she'll look back at Burrell. Um, how, how many should I tell him? Ah, uh, in the haze of the Jesk, Rumak, Tyreris, I lost count. Tell me, and I sort of sit up. Uh, how many lay about? Help, help him sit up. <laughs> this is the most like frail you've seen, Varel. Yeah, and then we're not fighting right now. My count is twenty-six. Hope we'll give him a a big pat on the back. Sleep well, friend. I and hunger. Then she- Oh, there's a feast going. Would would you like me to help you there? A feast would be most welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I will walk. I can help if you need, Varel. No, the fang does not is not carried after his coitus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will uh, <laughs> expend a short rest healing as best I can. Oh yeah, yeah, you can use a short rest for sure. And raise myself high and limp my way from the pit. Very good. All right. Um, we now continue with Stanley. So Valir, um, you make your way to this field of 
tents, essentially, and the tents are all alight with little electronic LED lights that all the Elhandari elves have that have this nice soft glow everywhere. And you see that it's all empty and looks abandoned, but you can hear the noise of flutes going. You sort of hear that in the background as it carries over the the air. And you see like large flames and the, the silhouettes of elves and other kind dancing. Um, and the, so as you approach this celebration, uh, some of the elves nearby take notice of you and, and bow in difference to you as the celebra- as the music sort of um, chimes down a bit. And now that you're there, everyone's paying attention to you and respectfully sort of looking your way. This is quieted down. They're looking at me. Yeah, yeah. You've walked in on a party and everyone's like, oh, shit. Prince, you know, the prince is here. <laughs> like... The- and the music sort of stopped, and it's, there's almost this expectation that you're going to say something. Uh, never one to miss a speech. Stanley will stop, and uh, then in Elvish say, My people, it has been a long journey for all of us to be here today. It is an honor to serve at this post for you. For the longest time, I denied this part of who I was, hid it from the world, and was ignorant of your plight here and in our stars. It is a shame, I feel, that I couldn't be more connected to you, but an honor that I can be now. Please, enjoy this moment. In my travels, I have learned one thing. It doesn't last. And as grim as that may be, it makes moments like this all the more important to savor and to recognize the joys that we have, even if they are blips of light in the darkness. And then he'd just give a bow to his people. Right, make your performance roll. All right. A 34. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> okay, so um, you, there's a, just a big cheering. Uh, hey! In, in response to your speech, and the, the flutes and sort of drums pick back up and hear... And as music sort of picks up, uh, a male elf just comes up to you and puts his arm around you and a hand on your chest. And then a, a lady elf comes up and puts a wreath on your head and then grabs your arm. And then the, the man elf is like, let's go. And and then he, they both take your hands and then elves come around and you're now like, like jumping and dancing in this circle all of a sudden amongst these elves and everyone's dancing and laughing. And you just see laughing faces and, um, you know, a, a glass of wine. Someone comes up with, it's not a glass, they have these cylinder, like, sci-fi glasses. And as you're dancing, someone grabs your chin and pours the drink into your mouth as wine spirits just get... And you enter into a Dionysian-level feast. Mm-hmm. Um, as as the elves, these elves all of a sudden really know how to party, and they don't want to hear any of your somber shit now. They want you to dance and drink and be merry, and you're just swept up into the event. Um... 
And as that happens, you hear Nash from the from from you know you can see the lights from this gathering far away, and you hear this yay deep in the background as you step up to the tent where Angelashi and the kids are. You stop in front of it for a moment. Okay. Well, having just heard the uh, discount Super Mario Brothers theme, I think I would be. <laughs> That reminded me of. I would, I would, uh, uh, you know, hurry up with haste to see my family and hug everybody. And all right, so you just burst right into the tent. Yeah, yeah. So you enter in, and Angela Ashi, who's been reading a book, looks up and says, "Finally, Nash, you're back." And the key, he just a bunch of kids are like, "Yay!" And they run up to you <laughs> and they grab your leg, Papa, Papa, as they all start speaking now. Oh, cool. They're already... Okay. Yeah. Um, well, nothing special planned other than it would be Nash's goal to to hang out with his kids and play with them until bedtime and then, you know, hang out with my wife all night and then be ready for the thing tomorrow. All right. Okay. So then we'll just leave it at that. There's not much to say other than you, you know, scoop the kids up and you begin spending time with them. We'll check in with you a little bit later. All right. Um, Pharrell and Hope... Uh, so then you walk into the clearing and you see from a distance Nash is surrounded by an entourage of his elven people that are feeding him berries and wine and making him dance. And, you know, for the first time ever, Valir seems to have just let himself go into it. Uh, you know, Stanley's always a little bit been a little bit sober or a little bit standoffish or, or thinking about the consequences of things and he seems, from your perspective anyways, uh, of course you don't know what's going on in his inner life, but he seems to be fully invested in this, in the celebrations of his people. And it, it's a, a sight you haven't seen before. And so as the two of you step in, um, do you want to join or, you know, you, you're watching from afar at the moment. Uh, is there anything more you'd want to, to do or say to each other? Well, shall we go tell him of your conquest, Pharrell? How many people is he dancing with? It's all like there's like a circle of like twelve people, but then there's other people around him waiting for their turn. There's a lot of people in, in the area. You know, he's in the middle of this. You know, there's a band like up on a wooden stage, a makeshift wooden stage. There's a band playing flutes and drums, good earthly instruments, um, and and there's a lot of people around. He's he's. He's their prince, and they're showering him with adulation in the way that elves do. I give a little chuckle to myself, knowing that Stanley couldn't possibly bet all 12 of the people he dances with. <laughs> <laughs> and I will, I will scan the party for a buffet or some sort of food. There is indeed a spread uh, with uh, replete with uh, wild game and fruits and vegetables and, and the cornucopia of elven delights. I mean, it looks better than the average food because it is elven, so there's a pristine appeal to all of it. Take a big... And with renewed vigor, I start making my way towards the buffet. (laughs) (laughs) And um, as you make your way towards the buffet, like, elves move out of... They see your shadow, and the elves move out of your way, right? And there's like... Oh, they see, and you're a hero of the waste. They know who you are immediately, and they're happy to see you. And between you and the table is one elf... 
and it's a female form. And seeing your shadow above you, she turns around, and you see that it is um, Yunyan. And she turns around and she says, "Oh, Pharrell, you, you made it. I didn't think this would be the kind of thing you, you would enjoy being part of." Kind of lean around her, looking at the buffet. <laughs> 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 and she's not in her uh, Balilikun clothes. She's actually in a rather um, flattering, you know, sort of one-piece elven, like, tight outfit. Her, her elven figure looking very pronounced against the silhouette of food behind it. <laughs> and and, um, and then so she asks the question, Pharrell, perhaps, um, do, do you partake in wine and dance? wine, food, I'll partake in all of it, and I start to walk past her. Oh, she, so she, as you walk past her, she takes your hand and she says, would you join us in our dance? Do I have range to grab a, a mutton or some sort of yeah, 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 meat device? You. She just takes your hand. Yeah. All right, I, I, will, I will tirely, you know, she can keep the hand, but I'll reach out and grab, <laughs> grab a full shank and start eating it as she pulls me onto the dance floor. Okay, perfect. You grab a full shank as she grabs you up into the dance floor, and she. Do you know how to dance? No idea. <laughs> so she begins to dance, seeing that you're just kind of standing there, like, and just sort of eating on, on the dance floor. She says, uh, "You know, she she begins trying to show you how to how to dance." So we're not going to do the whole detailed thing, but she sort of takes her hands and, and she shows you where to put your feet and how to move some feet in a very basic sort of way. Um, if you choose, do you resist trying to learn this or are you going to try to indulge this as you're chewing on Shank? I'll, I'll, I'll indulge it. I'm enjoying the meal and my tail has no, has no bearing for where it is. Okay. So, um, Let's, what kind of role for learning dance are we going to do here? This is this has got to be acrobatics, right? This is a... Yeah. Or a performance role for your learning, for, for to see how well you do. <laughs> is this an effect I can see while not blinded? <laughs> hang on, let me check. Yeah, this is dance. I think that's mostly used <laughs> for traps, but you know, hang on. <laughs> it's what a dance trap, man. Danger sense. I mean, I think lizard folk might have dancing rituals, maybe, unless they're too hard and cool for that stuff. I don't know. But, like, you know, tribal existence would have dancing around the fire to praise the gods. So I don't know if lizard yeah. folk would do that kind of thing. No, there'd definitely be, like, dancing, but it'd be more of the jumping and kicking variety and less of the hold me <laughs> and spin variety. Right, right, yeah, right. So let's, let's um, do what do they next. call that? What was that called? Crush or that style of dance? You know, where they're, like, really, like, that we do nowadays industrial no it's like a variation of hip-hop dancing but it's like crunk crunk no is that real yeah yeah well i mean it was on so you think you can dance but anyways that's a story for another time let's let's <laughs> all right crunk no i said that already <laughs> <laughs> you no, did. crunk crunk i kind of like crunk wait like, wait crunk no crunk it might crunk. be crunk. It might be crunk. It, it would anyway. be more like, have you seen goths dance where they like kind of do the the fists in front of the face? Doom, 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 and the big boot kind of, their big kind of like boot sort of slam. 
Yeah, it's a little more mosh. Okay, I got oh, you. Okay. I got you. All right, all right. I, I got you. Anyway. But you're trying to learn Elven dance, so this is right. this is more involves coordination. What's your role? Twelve. All right. Well, it's, it's not bad. You, you you do a little four a two step with her that she shows you, and you show an, an ability to learn two step, and it's to her delight. You're delighting in the food, and just I'm not gonna tell you what you think, but you're able to do this, and she's delighting in the fact that you're able to do it. All right. So hope uh, you've lost your companion Varel to to Union. Um, you're sort of sitting there uh, by your lonesome, which is near the food. Uh, what would you like to do? Uh, she's going to look at Stanley and she's going to look at Varel and she's going to assume Nash went home. <laughs> and <laughs> <That's> <laughs> in a good, a good way, not a bad way. Yeah, it's a good assumption. And in this moment, She's going to realize that she's been holding on to her past for way too long and that these guys have been her family and they've been going on some crazy adventures, but it's been what she's been searching for. And so she'll kind of sadly smile as she watches everything. She'll shed a few tears as she kind of embraces this realization and you know kind of when you have a realization like that there's a huge weight that's lifted from your chest and she'll kind of look up at the stars and send out and I love you to her past and as she walks toward the buffet and the food and the wine and the drink she'll let it go and embrace the now and the future for however long that future is. That was beautiful. That was nice. Uh, Thanks. Give yourself some inspiration for that. That was, that was really great. <laughs> that was great. And I don't see a better moment to leave it off on for a break. Uh, we're not going to, we're still going to be in evening time when we come back, but I just, I don't have anything better to follow that up on. So I, let's just let that sink in. Yeah. Let as, it you, simmer. as you stare up into the stars and have these thoughts. Very nice. We're going to take a break. Everybody go, you know, pee or whatever it is you do during these breaks. And then we'll be back with more good times here on There Will Be Dungeons. Don't leave. All right, we're back. Uh, we're back, everybody. Bo, it's back to you, sir. All right, so Hope, standing near the spread of food, stares up into the stars on the edge of the gathering, and our camera moves over across the tree line to a humble little tent. Nash, you've played with the kids, spent time with them, yep. helped Angela, she put them to bed. And you sit upon a, a sofa, and Angela, she uh, comes out and sits next to you, leans into you, to you, puts an arm on your chest, gives you a sweet kiss, Aww. and says, Nash, when this is all over, where will we go? Anywhere you want to go. We could be here on Mars, we could go back to Earth, we can go anywhere you want to go. I don't... I don't wish to remain here on Earth. Well... Let's make a new life for ourselves somewhere. How about, um... I don't know. Where do you want to go? I I don't know. I haven't lived free until I met you. 
Well, I've only been like two places, so I'll ask some other Nashes some uh, some ideas about where they ended up. But we, what, do you, what do you want for your life and for your kids? That's quite rogue, Nick. <laughs> Everybody dressed white robe now. Didn't breathe in the wrong moment. Um, I don't. I don't know. I just want to spend my years watching the kids grow and hanging out with you, and not, you know, constantly worrying about when the world's going to end. You spoke you spoke once of a beautiful place beyond the stars. Planet Ash were green. No, no. Oh. Farther out. I don't remember. What did I tell her? The Maybe about the White Tower. Oh yeah. Okay. Perhaps we would be granted entry to a world of peace somewhere. It's entirely possible. But I, you know, I'd be willing to go just about anywhere to keep you and and the kids safe. And, uh, you know, we really just have one big final push we have to make in order to ensure that. And then we can go anywhere. Go back to Mars. We can go to the White Tower. We can go to anywhere we want to go. There's a million places to go. And Stanley's got all kinds of connections on getting people around. And his his elf people help us do whatever we need. Promise me you'll come back, Nash. Well, I'm more confident than ever that I will. Because uh, it turns out even if I get killed, I end up coming back in some form. So so don't worry about me. And while I, while I say that, I, my hand just naturally and unconsciously rises up to hold down the face of the stupid thing on my chest so it doesn't try to talk during any of this. <coughs> So I just kind of let go of this. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I don't want him piping make in. A, make a sleight of hand check. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or a deception check. I, I'm guessing you haven't told her about the mouth yet? No, she doesn't know about the mouth. All right, it's deception. Oh, I thought she saw it. I thought she talked to it. Did she? Oh, she did. Yeah, yeah, she did. Oh, yeah, well, then right. my... Well, then, okay, you tell me. I rolled a 15. All I don't right. know if you want to use it for All me. Right. We'll use it for your sleight of hand, just as you try. Doesn't to mean keep Nash it. remembers that she's seen it. <laughs> well, yeah, and we probably got a little, you know, frisky last night and last among us here for a while, so she probably saw it. We haven't gotten frisky yet. Oh, oh, this is before <laughs> all that. Okay, yeah, we're still on the same day as when you arrived. So, um, as you fiddle with your 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 chest mouth, you hear <laughs> here. Hey, hey, stop doing that! <laughs> Come on, <laughs> from your room. I'll go. So we can go, shh, shh. We can go anywhere you want to, shh. I'll just say as it tries to mumble through me. We go anywhere you want to go. And I'll push a little harder on that mouth hole. Speaking of the mouth on you, <laughs> does, does it have a name? Um, what did we call it? Sprout. Sprout. That's right, sprout. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll say, yeah, we call him Sprout, but that's just kind of what we came up with since he sprouted from me in this latest uh, regeneration process. Right. So, so Angelashi um, opens up your robe and exposes Sprout to the air and says, Sprout, 
my darling. Nash and I are having a conversation. If you could just <clears throat> allow us some privacy as best you can. It's not weird at all. Well, I, I, I can hear everything. That's okay. Just, just stay quiet for us. We'll, f- we'll, f- we'll figure out what to do with you soon. Uh, okay, I guess. And she puts the robe back up and she says, she mouths to you without making any sound. What are we going to do about your mouth? <laughs> well, there's nothing I can do. It either has to stay there or we got to do something drastic like, you know, s- sew it up or something. <laughs> You're uh, coming from the. <laughs> <laughs> I go quiet. I'm not actually saying we'll do that. I'm saying there's only we only have so many options. You either have to be quiet a lot, or I have to sew you up. So just you know, you decide. Right, the mouth, the mouth is quiet in response, and she says, "Well, I just I have this feeling something bad is going to happen, Nash. You can't be an immortal, can you? Just because you haven't died." doesn't mean there's some way that you can be undone. I'll still be careful. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to try to get killed or be in a bad situation. I'll I'll do my best. <clears throat> but I'm just I'm just saying I'm I'm less worried than I've ever been about returning. That's not reassuring, Nash. <laughs> I know, but in, in, internally it makes sense to me, plus you know, What's the worst that could happen? I sprout an extra nose or some bullcrap after we're done. Just like this mouth. You know, the mouth came from me sort of dying again. Okay, and she she raises her face up and she kisses you again. And she says, just promise me you're going to come back. (laughs) Uh, I promise you I'll do everything in my power to come back. Okay. Alright, and, and as you say that she kisses you again and, and um, <laughs> let the coitus commence because <laughs> Alright, there'll be no there'll be no uh, grappling or violence here. We're gonna it's do like it the old know, human her hand glows way. green as magical as, as magical effects begin to take place and you feel the uh, foliage of plant uh, up in your loins. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure would be a shame if something weird happened yeah. in here. <laughs> and 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 um and that begins. Okay. <clears throat> All right. And so we uh, return back to Hope and so Hope you've been staring off into space and and thinking of these things and sort of on the outskirts of the party and you hear a voice from the the forest around you saying, "Do you mind if I join you?" That's it. She'll look around. Unmistakable is the voice of Monsoon Cabbage. And you look around and you see in battle regalia a fully armored vampire knight. Slick black metal armor, angry looking shoulder uh, pads, helmet off with like this sort of weird visory motorcycle like helmet underneath the arm. And he's leaning against a tree. And he. What was your response? Sorry, I was so busy in the description. I didn't hear the response. Oh, she was yeah. just looking around. To oh, yeah, you looked around. Okay. And so so you see Monsoon Cabbage leaning against a tree with this, with this helmet and his uh, vampire knight battle galia. 
And he looks up at the stars you're looking up. He says, It sure is beautiful out there. Yeah, it actually is. I was about to go and join. Are you coming with? Oh, I don't know if celebrations are my thing. I prefer to sulk in the dark. I I mean, I guess if that's what you want, but I think I'm done doing that. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. It showed great restraint not to call upon me for my power after having made an offer to you. How many times have you been set back these many months? A lot, but it led to this, so I don't know if I'd call them setbacks. If we survive what transpires over the next day, it won't be the last battle. You'll learn in time that the battles never end. You know, I I think I already know that, and I'm okay with that. Life isn't supposed to be easy, but it's not always supposed to be a battle. You get breaks. And hopefully each time you can make it through, get stronger, enjoy the peace, and take on the next thing. Well, you hold on to that hope, little Orifi. You will need it in the days and years to come. I wanted to be sure we had one last chance to speak. Because once our deeds are done, and if we win the day, I will depart this world for good. Where will you go? I don't know. But I feel I can leave this world in your hands. What's driven me all these years opposing the Gussel Gang was holding on to that little glimmer that someday someone like you would return. But my days are interminable and my hunger insatiable and I thank you for the last reminder of what it felt like to be alive. But I cannot live among you. I, my curse and my hunger is too great. Thank you for those kind words. Um, I will I will go where creatures like me thrive. That sounds good. <laughs> well, I'll leave you to your celebration. Okay, but you're always welcome. Thanks for um, offering to help with this. You blink, and as you blink, uh, he just disappears. He's just gone. 
And then the music of the, of the celebration floats back into your ears. And you, you sort of see this dichotomy looking into the dark jungle. You see that that's the home of one kind of philosophy. And then you look back to you see Valir dancing, drunken now, eating berries and laughing with his people. And you see there's a different kind of philosophy there. And you now have a choice to make. Which to which direction will you choose to walk? She heads toward the light and life and party. All right, and Valir. So Valir, you've been you've been at this now for a while. You've been dancing, making merry, and forget it. You have successfully forgotten all of your woes, and then you see <clears throat> a somewhat timid-looking hope walking in from the forest as you dance into your circle, and as you sort of look around and have to look around like this and look around. <laughs> as soon as he sees her, Stanley, uh, drunk, somewhat drunkenly, will go, "Hope, hope, my very best friend, come here." Come here. And start waving her over to the dance. Hope will come over and she'll start smiling. I gotta tell you, this has been a hell of a party. It has been... I gave a very good speech. I don't think you heard it, but it was probably not my best, but it was definitely top five. And furthermore, it was... um. Hold on, I'll recount it. The... the <laughs> I, I basically told them that it's life's hard and then it gets good, but then it's not good forever, but then it sometimes is okay. You know, Stanley, I just had the same conversation with Monsoon Cabbage. That's crazy. I need to get Would you like Stanley. something to drink? <laughs> it's been too long. Stanley will offer some of the wine that's been floating around him. Just grab whatever goes by, hand it over. And hope we'll hold it up for everyone to cheers to and down yeah. it. All right. You have your cheers and you down it. And as you do that, several elves come 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 by Val- uh, Valir and say, Selele Prime, we'd like to take a, a photo to remember, a photographical to commemorate this event. Please, everyone, li- line up. And sort of elves take you and, and move you into a shot. And, and Varel, you're sort of still eating with Union. You're like really exhausted. And she's she's having a great time. Um, and they also approach you for the photographical uh, to take. And, and um, <clears throat> one of the elves goes, where's Nash? We have to get Nash for this photograph. I think he's back with his family. We could go crash the crash, tent with Crash Nash. We, yes, we should. Do, he needs to be a part of this. This is important. We should get him. <laughs> yeah. The Selele has spoken. The party's being taken to Nash's abode. Terrible idea. Terrible idea. The elves begin putting their instruments on, like, um, you know, <laughs> the elves begin putting their instruments on so they're portable, and then all huge procession and torches and everything begins moving out, as well as these floating electronic drone lights that are around too that look like Will of the Wisps begin moving through the forest, and the celebration continues as there's talking and merriment as 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 everyone moves towards Nash's tent, which is not that far off. Within about ten minutes, 
everyone's there. And um, so, Nash, you are in the throes of passion right now. And you can't really hear. Right, let's make a perception roll with disadvantage. Uh, okay. Let's do that. Let's play, let's play proper D&D. All right. <laughs> with, you said with disadvantage? You said disadvantage, right? With disadvantage, right? yeah, because you're, you're busy. You're, All right. <laughs> this, is, this is already good. 11. It's the best I could do. Um, well, consulting my handy table for difficulty... Uh, it's not, no, actually, you know, this is a failure. Um, so you don't, you don't hear it happening until all of a sudden, like you're, you're, you know, you're in really, a really good spot right now. And, um, what? <laughs> all right. you know, w- with the passion, without yeah, getting yeah, too yeah, I know what you about mean. it, right? You sure. know, you just, you're not thinking about what's going on around you. And then all of a sudden there's these blaring flute flutes and lights and the lights are shining into your tent and casting a shadow on the tree line in the back. And you just see, everyone can see Nash going to town. <laughs> and you sort of realize this midway through as you sort of see all the lights and hear all the music. And you look towards the back and you sort of see yourself silhouetted on the tree line in, you know, full sexy time. Fantastic. Um, yeah. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Initiative, please. Wow. <laughs> it's your turn. Um Well uh, wait a minute. So do they have they don't have full view of us or anything. We're in a room. Somewhere. No, they can't see you, but the light's casting a shadow that's on the tree line in the back, so there's a silhouette. People can kind of make out what you're doing on on the tree line. So you could just roll with it and have a great time and and, and continue or you could you know stop this is your character how does he um, react to the situation like this Nat, nash wouldn't care he would go ahead and let nature finish its its journey all right and as <laughs> nature finishes his journey the elves go there's a large cheering hold up another drink yeah, everyone's, everyone's drunk and maybe Vorel even has a comment no, he's just eating. <laughs> At this point, Hope's going to put her arm around Stanley and be like, did you know Varel, 26, he wanted me to tell you. Wait, I found tonight? him. I, I thought tonight? he killed his people. They were all just lying there, but they were women and 26. That is an impressive number. Yeah, he's well, doing is... all right. You know. I gotta make a perception roll. <laughs> so, um, as you're eating, you're sort of half paying attention to Yudyan Varel, and she, you know, they're in the vicinity, and it sort of f- seems to float. And well, you don't know what happens. You, you were paying that much attention, but she sort of drops her hand, uh, your hand, Varel, and uh, this sort of look of pain spreads across her face. And she tears up a little bit and storms off into the jungle. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh, feeling the, the party about me, I will search for more food which I can access freely <laughs> now of dance and uh, company. All right. Perfect. You do that. And um, so, Nash, uh, now that, you know, things are done, Angela actually whispers in your ear and she says, I think we have an audience. I'd say, you think? And then I'd I'd get up and just kind of 
look around, <laughs> see what's yeah. going on. Well, she, she gets up and she puts a house coat, like a, you know, she puts one of your cloaks on, Ugh. wearing it, you know, like yeah, <laughs> gross. Yeah. It's your cloak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she sort of buttons it up so it's closed, and she says, "Come on, let's go outside. Let's not be rude." I would say, I'm going to kill these people if they if they wake up the kids, and I'll. As you say it, you hear the click and hum of a megaphone turning on. No! <laughs> and through it, you hear, Nash Magot of the Solar Mines, you are needed for a photographical. I'd go, damn it, Stanley. I'd kind of yell it, but half yell it, and go, my kids are asleep. They'll be waking up my kids. I cannot hear you if you're talking back to me. That is why I'm using the megaphone. <laughs> uh, just a little DM suggestion: if you still have the sleep spell, you could cast magical sleep on them, and they might—they won't wake up. But oh, that's but last time I got people killed doing that, and also I don't have that's, it anymore. That's because they were leaning out of a window and you cast it on them. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, assuming your kids are in bed and won't roll out of anything. I'm pretty sure I got rid of it. Um, All me, right. What? Sorry, dice is rolling for no reason that I can tell you. Okay, so uh, yeah, I got rid of that spell for that reason because I killed somebody right. and I felt you bad about it. People with it. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So you you exit uh, from the building with Angela. She, she takes your hand. And she says, "Don't worry about it. I'll get them back to sleep." And and she steps outside with you, and the elves all uh, come around. They grab your your hands and, and they 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 push you in uh, to to a crowd. Like, all right, form a line. We're about to take a photographical Varel Varel. Get in over there. And then someone takes you, sort of places you in a position while you just continue to eat. You're, you're just eat the eating being. Um, and then everyone sort of gets together and makes this big pose. And they say, all right, raise up your drinks. And there we go. For the freedom of Earth. And, and everyone goes, yeah, and snaps. The photographical takes place. The large device with different lenses and gems snaps into place. Takes a picture of the celebration. And um, the evening continues. I don't have any more in the way of events, so um, I'm going to figure out where you guys all end up. But uh, Varel, you're probably more on the sober side, so I can ask you, where do you, you know, as the party winds down or people fall Hope, asleep? Hope's going to try and get Varel as drunk as her and Stanley are. Oh, okay. Is Nash uh, staying with the party? Um, no, I would be annoyed. So Angela she will tell you, join your friends. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. What was her yeah. attitude? I'm just try to get <laughs> Nash as drunk as Stanley and Hope are. If that's the case, I would, um, I would hang. Yeah, I would hang around. I would. So look. either you agree with Hope, and then you get as drunk as she wants you to get. And if you don't, then you'll have to. There'll be a contest because she may persuade you, even though you don't want to. I will. Peer pressure. Ha- <laughs> I will happily. I'll, I'll I'll adhere to peer. I mean, I'll fall to peer pressure. It's fine. All right, you'll give in and start slamming them back. Pharrell, the alcoholic drinks. Hope wants sure. you to consume many of them. All Very right. well. Particularly if it is a challenge, I will engage. Perfect. So the party continues. Uh, you know, Angela actually does ask that you try and return to where the party is. So everyone does walk back to where the party originally was to give the kids some proper sleep. Um, and everyone gets hammered drunk. There's dancing. You don't see Union again for the rest of the night. Um, and uh, everyone's hammered. And the next thing 
and, and so then we, we fade to black as the party continues. We, we rise to the starlight sky and then we fade to black um, over top of the jungle forest of Mars. Nash, you're or not Nash. Um, Stanley, your eyes open. And you see bright sunlight and blue sky just shine in them, and they hurt. And there's a slight buzzing in your head. Well, now I know why I don't usually do that. (laughs) I wish I'd remembered lesser restoration right before I fell asleep. This was a mistake. Stanley will just turn over and put his face in the dirt or leaves or wherever his his head is laying. (laughs) Alright, you go to put your face into the dirt and then you realize you just planted your face into the armpit of another elf who's not wearing any clothes. Oh, alright, and then he's gonna turn and go the other way. Uh, You turn and go the other way and there's a comfy butt cheek right there for it. You place place your head on it. (laughs) You place your head upon it and it's it's supple and firm. It's not a bad place to rest your head, but it is a butt cheek. Okay. Stanley just turns back to neutral middle ground, tries to sit up. Yeah. And as, as you try to sit up, so everyone picture, uh, you basically had nothing but sort of this like bed sheet tied around your neck and just covering the, the important bits of your body, but for the most part, you're naked. Um, and there's pile of male and female elves in the general vicinity, but you don't remember what happened. And they're all sleeping, and also various states of nude. I count them. <laughs> what? I mean, you sort of... <laughs> <laughs> Look, you Varel, start, Varel. I do remember Varel bragging last night. It's time to count. <sighs> yeah, I you, guess, you start yeah. to count, and like you look around, and you're like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... Uh, make um, with disadvantage. Make an investigation roll, please. Oh, it's not going to be good at all. Oh, yeah, it's a natural one for a five at best. All right, so take uh, two psychic damage. <laughs> uh, take two psychic damage as you get to seven and counting, and then it really hurts your head. Like every number you count past seven is causing you damage. Um, but you you sort of see in your general vicinity there's seven, but you sort of look around. You're still at the party grounds, and there are various groups of elves, most of them in states of undress, sleeping on the ground or on tables, drunk. Like, some of them are just lying on the table drunk with a cup, empty cup in their hand. It's very early in the morning, uh, you surmise. But, um, yeah, I guess somewhere along the way, everyone started taking their clothes off and going to town. <laughs> Bunch of pervies, man. Went on Mars. <laughs> what happens on Mars stays on Mars. Everybody, so, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Stanley just kind of, we'll just say it's a lot, <laughs> then kind of shuffle past the bodies and uh, look, look around for his stuff and just start collecting it. All right, you look around for your stuff, and it, it really is all over the place. Like there's a, there's a there's a male elf with the megaphone in your hand, and he looks like he, he just fell asleep. But like you must have lent it to someone. <laughs> They've got it. <laughs> you know, your 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 mask is someone else is wearing your mask. Like all the elves just kind of just have all your stuff. But yeah. 
yeah. just like pop the mask off, untangle the megaphone as quietly as possible, and yeah. And as as you move to look around, you sort of see um, what you think is hope, and she has her clothes on, um, but she's uh, sleeping face first in a bowl of something, and as she snores, bubbles bubble out of the the soup. Stanley would go over, gently lift her head, move any potential drowning in soup danger away from her face, and then slowly set it down right. and hope, back away. Hope you wake up to the feeling of someone pulling your hair, and then there's like the smell of chicken and broth as your face feels completely covered in it, and you look down to like a, a it's just a soup, your face is dripping into a bowl of soup. She's gonna hurl. Oh. Into the thing in the soup. <laughs> wow. She hurls into the soup, so now you're holding her head up from the barf and the soup, Stanley. And you sort of look around as you're barfing to see who's holding your hand up. You see Stanley with no clothes on, just a little a bed sheet tied around his, his, his ch- like a sash, but over his crotch area, so you don't have to look at any of that. <laughs> She'll kind of take her, the back of her hand and wipe her mouth. I'm feeling a bit better now. <laughs> Sounds so sad. Well, uh, yeah, I guess better out than in and better not head in soup. And Stanley, <laughs> can, can you support yourself at this point? Uh, uh, and Hope's going to try and stand up. It's a little wobbly. It's definitely feeling like she's on a ship, but uh, she can stand. <laughs> All right. You stand. Um, so, Varel, uh, you're eating. You haven't slept yet. <laughs> you're still eating. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, see, you see Stanley and Hope uh, discussing something at the table, and you know, uh, you see them there. Hey, whether you do something or get back to eating, that's up to you. I'll, I'll give them kind of a kind of a great Gatsby, but it's tired and with a piece of meat rather than a martini glass. <laughs> yeah. Stanley just gives a, a very weak thumbs up. Like, it's just the like little half thumb. It's just sad. And turns around and keeps looking for his stuff. Finds a boot. Puts it on. Yeah, the boot has, like, um, meat in it. So you gotta, like, empty out the meat yeah, onto the ground. that out. Yeah. Yep. One thing you've noticed, no sign of Nash anywhere, which you're secretly a little thankful of because probably wouldn't have clothes on either and nobody <laughs> wants to see that. Yeah, I think uh, I think I just assumed Nash snuck off back to back to his tent first chance he got, but he 100% would do that. And indeed that's true. You open your eyes, Nash, and um Angelashi has brought you breakfast in bed. It's it's just oh. elven preparation, but it has meats and nuts and all sorts of greens. And then she has her own, and she sits in bed with you, and you guys sit together and uh, cuddle and eat your breakfast together. Nice. nice. Yeah. Okay. So um, as you sort of begin collecting yourself, a hover sh- like a hover platform sort of floats into the party grounds. Boom, 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 boom. And you hear, ooh, ooh, ooh. And the elves all slowly start to begin getting up, and... A small little voice on the intercom says, Now that celebrations are over, please make your way to the showers and clean up. We have much work to do today. 
It's all very peaceful and calm, and the elves sort of get up, and they comply, and they start looking for their clothes. And next thing you know, it was quiet, but now the whole room is going. And the platform lowers, and Admiral Chrysorius uh, um, is there upon the platform. And he, he gives you a, a, a very glowing nod with eyes, and he says, I see you had quite a good evening, Sileli Prime. Well, I can't help but notice this whole thing feels a little... Uh ritual and formal and uh, I guess I would say abnormal is this uh, pr- not abnormal is this uh, typical of elven parties oh most certainly uh, el- elves it, it, it appreciate and enjoy all aspects of life to their fullest why we work hard and we play much harder yes yes indeed you do um it was a very good time. Uh, and then um, from behind Admiral Chrysorius and her full regalia, Union steps off and takes her place at your side and says, um, yes, it was a celebration for the books. And everyone notices her eyes cut a quick glance over to Varel, then back forward. Kind of finishing. <laughs> 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 mean. Uh, poor Union. Yeah. You know, you got to get your heart broken when you're young, I guess. Even if it's 80 years young as an elf. <laughs> <laughs> 80 years for that. Um, yeah, so Admiral Chrysorius then says, I appreciate that probably you had a bit much to drink, but we have to get to work immediately. We are gathering the generals back at the grove beneath the tree of Sulasanar within the hour, so make sure you have your breakfast. Please find your Nash companion, and we will begin post-haste. All right. Uh, very good. Um, and then Stanley will look to Varel and Hope. I actually have a little special surprise for breakfast this morning, but uh, we do need Nash, so... Uh, if somebody would be kind enough to retrieve him, I'll go ahead and do the prep work on my end for food. Um, does one of the party want to do it? Would I know? Yeah. Just to Hope can him. go do it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll go with her. We'll fetch Nash. Great. All right, so Stanley, you're left with Union to um, uh, clean up, collect your things. Uh, Varel and, and Nash, or Varel and Hope, uh, you make your way across the uh, jungle somewhat to the tent that Nash and Angelashi have called their home and you're now outside the tent but you said I didn't sleep at all right? That's right oh excellent <laughs> <laughs> you probably still need a long rest at some point but no you were you got so I mean the celebration just went on and on and on and on and on uh, you, you being the only witness to it the clothes started coming off you got curious to see if Stanley could it was his ver- like there, there was a bit of um curiosity about confirming indeed how virile uh, Stanley was so you know while he sure. couldn't and you know you, you have it confirmed he couldn't hold a torch to you which which you know of course but, yeah. <laughs> um, but still it was impressive to see you know it's like watching ants in an ant farm like there, there was a fascination to it that kept you up all night and as they all sort of fell asleep my head rolled back over to the buffet and I did <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did all morning yeah, perfect yeah. Uh, oh so you're gonna need some hit points right yeah, he's down to one. Well, I have, yeah, I've won at the moment. Uh, 
All right. Well, we'll say you've been. Can I take a short rest. Yeah, yeah. I can short rest. Roll that up too. If I've been sitting there eating for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll it up and, and short rest it up, but just expand your hit dice. You do have a long rest in a can. Uh, I don't, well, someone has it for you, so. Yeah, I'll confirm myself to. Oh, that actually didn't work. Weird. Oh, oh well. I'll get the number. No, no, we'll, here. we'll give you a long rest. It's it's a little weird. We're going through this big thing. Everyone's prepared, and somehow you're on the back leg because you had well, sex twenty six times. I mean, I think we'll find. I, I would imagine we would find eight hours where Varel could rest. Right. Right. Maybe yeah. even all of us. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going yeah. on the boat too, so I'm. Let's I'm call it a weird a weird rest where you were eating but sleeping. You were sleep eating. So you probably fell asleep at some point, didn't realize it, but we're still eating while sleeping. There That's, we go. That is a very bad habit to have. No <laughs> yes, matter who is. you are, it's terrible. But he, Pharrell burns a lot of calories. Those muscles need need energy. Yeah. Um, so it all makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense for everyone. All right. Um, Before so I cast this, the, the plan is, as far as like they've told us, is we're doing the attack today, right? You'll decide that at the meeting, but you certainly don't want to wait. Probably. Okay. Okay. As, I just don't want to use this if the, the attack isn't today. So yeah. okay, gotcha. All right, you'll you'll find out soon enough. So uh, Hope and Varel, you're outside of the Nash's tent. It's quiet in there. Nash. Nash. Ah. Oh, I wake from your monogamy. <laughs> Am I awake in there? I'm probably awake, right? You're awake eating breakfast with Angela. Oh, that's right. I'll say, uh, just, uh, come on, come in here. It's fine. Come in. All right. Yeah, go in. You enter into the tent, and there's a living room, and the kids uh, are up eating little bowls of breakfast, and they look at you and while they're eating, curiously. And um, you walk through that main little area of the tent towards the back where there's a little, like, you know, divider kind of thing so that uh, Ed, Angela Ashley and Ash have some privacy, and you see them sitting in bed eating breakfast. Yep. I'd say kids, it's your Uncle Varel. Hey Varel, do you need anything? Do you need to eat or over and hopes with you? You guys hungry or what's the deal? Stanley is prepping a special breakfast for us and we need you there. Oh. Alright, well I can eat twice. I gotta go and I'll I'll get up and right. uh, lean over, Jeez. kiss my wife and leave. Yep. Okay. Kiss done. And then you go to leave. Ooh, that, that sound you just made gave me a chill. <laughs> I don't know why, because it came from you or something? Because Bo went... Because the two well acted? Okay. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. That was weird. It gave you a chill. I, I would expect grossed out, but you seem to have enjoyed it. No, 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 um, not right. like a good chill. More like a... Um, <laughs> well, what do you... Yeah, more like if Jason's someone in the tells house. me your kiss gave me a chill, I'm reading that as like, you know, I liked it. Not like, you know, the chill of death. Yeah. Um, all right. It was chill. Like a serial killer kind of chill. Anyway. Oh. Yeah, I'll, turn to, I'll turn to the children and say, your father is a great warrior. You should be very <laughs> proud. Papa. And I'd say, hear that? That's true. And I'd thumb, thumb at myself and pat him on the head on my way out. All right. Give him a little pat. And they're sad to see you go. But Angela, she holds them back. And um, you make your way back to the party grounds uh, where uh, Stanley is getting uh, himself together. So the four of you are reunited with Union present. 
So as they approach, Stanley takes out one of the gem-encrusted bowls that he uh, that he had. He sets it on the table and he waves his hand over it. He says some words. The bowl seems to fill with a liquid of some kind and then a gem lights up and cups full of juice of some kind appear. And then the bowl drains and then it refills with seemingly water and then a different gem lights up. And then more bowls appear around the table with food in it, you know, various breakfast foods, breads and things. And he continues to do this for about 10 minutes. Uh, just filling the table with a, a bounty of food um, until eventually the bowl at the at the very end just crumbles and cracks and fades into dust. And I cast Hero's Feast! So uh, the way this works, because this is a new spell, uh, Hero's Feast, uh, anyone who partakes of the feast for the next 24 hours is going to have immunity to being poisoned or poison damage immunity to being frightened they will have advantage on wisdom saving throws and roll 2d10 which I just did and I got 12 add that to your maximum HP for the 24 hours you're going to get an additional whatever you roll, and you heal for that amount as well. Did you say 2d12? Uh, 2d... What is it? Uh, hold on. Uh, 2d10. 2d10. Oh, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Did, so, do it now and add that number now? If yes. Eat, if we, yeah, I'll eat, for sure. Alright, can you do the list of immunities again? Uh, you're immune to poison damage... Uh, let me just make sure I'm saying this right. Uh, you're cured of all diseases and poison. You become immune to poison and being frightened, and all wisdom saving throws will be made with advantage. Your hit point maximum also increases by 2d10, and you gain the same number of hit points, that, however much it goes up by. Wow! So we got we got resistant, or, or we got immune to poison, cured of all diseases, and you can't be frightened. We have advantage in wisdom saving throws, and what was the one after that? Was that uh, just the roll of the dice? The the two uh, D yeah, and then that's the roll in your max HP. Basically, right. plus two D ten max HP, and you gain that many hit points as well. So you would have 14 additional HP and you would heal 14. So basically it ups your maximum HP and it makes you that hit point level. Just, you know, if you're topped off at the moment. Plus 14. And it's not temporary hit points. It's It's amazing. Change to your direct HP total. If I go dragon and then come back, do I lose it? No, you come back to what your max is until the 24 hour period expires. Would my dragon also have plus 14? No. Okay. Well, I don't know. That's Bo's call, but I wouldn't think so. I don't I don't think so. Okay. It's because your stats get replaced with the other stats, and then you're back to your baseline, which would include the buffs. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. So everyone sits down and eats, even though they've... I mean, the only one I'm, I'm not sure about... I know Varel can still eat. That's no problem. For, but Hope... Kind of just barfed into her own soup maybe 30 minutes ago. <laughs> um, so I don't know where she's at. 
She's doing okay. The world's rocking just a little bit less, but she can keep stuff down now. Yeah, you don't got to eat a lot, too. I'm sure if you have, like, three or four bites, it counts, and you get the benefits, so. Yeah. Um, Anyone else around can, too. There's actually no limit to how many people can partake in this, but it seems like most people are busy. Maybe Union would join, but. uh, You can invite Union to join if you wish. Yeah, she's there. Well, she does as commanded. Uh, Her demeanor is a bit cold and clinical, uh, dutiful, if you will, but. Um, she's very quiet, so as you ask her to join for the feast, she complies and sits down and begins eating gingerly um, uh, of the food. Most of the other elves are like have been beckoned back to their summoned back to their jobs, celebration being over, their dignity uh, being put back on as they go to do what they need to do. So no one's really stopping to bother you uh, in any way. Yeah, and um, one other thing about it, because it cures any issues you have, uh, would this actually cure the hangover? Yep. Hey! Nice. Yeah, so after a few bites, Hope, you don't feel sick anymore, you don't feel hungover anymore. Yeah, everyone's everyone's ailments, like, they feel like they're in tip-top shape uh, after having eaten the hero's feast. Yeah, all diseases and poison, and then we become immune to it, so... Does anything happen to Nash? Uh, I mean, do he I disappears. Need, so much I mean, of what yeah, I have seems from existence. On, on Mr. Burns' <laughs> version of push through the door, you know? Yeah. Um, no, Nash's uh, ailments persist. Hey, they're, bene- they're, they're not benefits. What do you call it? He is his ailments. I am my ailments, yeah. That's basically yeah. it. I mean, they're, they're directly caused by his pacemaker, so it's not... Yeah, yeah so there, there's, there's more. The there, yeah, exactly. There's more network going on with Nash, uh, cancer-wise, than than the average person. Fair enough. This is not a fountain right. of youth that he's selling us on with eating all this food. No, no. But everyone feels a hell of a lot better, um, and so magically improved medicine is still welcome for everyone. Um, eating takes place. You know, you can short rest for ten minutes. There you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Um, as any conversations taking place while food is being eaten? Uh, if not, I don't think so. No, if not, an elf comes by, uh, Valir, um, one you don't recognize, a, a page of some kind. He says, Silele <clears throat> Prime? Yes. The Council of Earthly Defenders will be beginning soon, and your presence is requested there, of course. Um, if you would kindly follow me, I will be an escort. Uh, very good. I'm lead on. All right. And, um, I mean, you know where it is. You've been there before. So, But he takes you anyways as part of a formality. And as you um, you walk through the jungle and make your way underneath the great, there's a great, large, old tree that's being used to terraform Mars at the center of this jungle. And you're brought underneath its canopy the great elder tree of Sular Slamar, and you're brought into this grove that looks like, you know, has seats several rungs down, like an old auditorium, like a Greek auditorium, but it's made out of, like, hard bark and and twisted vine. And there you see, seated in the center, um, upon his uh, elderwood wheelchair that has watery um, floating, the high elf Amantha Lodar, as well as the rest of the generals, that take part uh, in this. So you begin moving uh, into this room. I'm just going to recover the 
peoples of note that are at this uh, gathering, which I just have to find my list, I believe. Yeah, so <clears throat> there's the nameless one. You see seated here, there's an orc with uh, a blindfold on uh, called the nameless one whom you've met before sitting next to him with lar- his hair black and matted a large beard his face looking scraggly and dirty as ever is Bertrand Mulg the jeweler from the Sapphire also seated next to him these are the representatives of the liberators uh, on, on earth who have joined this campaign um, you see uh Nobieri Hope is sitting in the in the stands um, uh, in there. We also have uh, Hargo Moon, he who is blessed with wise finger. So there's a giant sitting behind the seats, and his finger is up, and it's got the, the tattooed face on it, and him and the finger are sort of s- sitting there. Um, you have King Jalar Criddleskop. There's a contingent of bird folk, these these feathered-looking eagle men uh, who are sitting and looking around. The same way kind of Varel does is they, they examine with the people who are entering with their eyes. Um, Admiral Chrysorius is present. Monsoon Cabbage is there. You see him in his vampire knight armor as well as his helmet on, sitting outside of the sunlight in the tree canopy, uh, looking over things. Um, Tungsten Wheel, Dunglestar Ravenbread, Ravensbread is, is there, uh, as well as uh, various other elves in attendance. And um, curiously enough, uh, there's also uh, Liriel is present, I believe. Um, so she's there sitting in the stands as well, whom we haven't, haven't heard from in a while. Um, okay, and uh, with that, um, you can take your seat wherever you'd like. There's room near... Uh, Dungle Star and, and Tungsten Wheel. There's room near Nobieri. Um, there are other spots for the elves. Uh, how would you like to take a seat in this place? I mean, I just take. Is there a place where the, all of us can be together? Or we're going to get split up. I mean, you don't have to have a preference. They could just seat you if you wish. But um, in the center of this room, there's like a large dais, right? And last time magical images, illusions were being shown on this as part of the stratagem. So if it's of no matter, um, then the elf that escorts you brings you towards a seat in the first row, right up close, so that you guys can see the map really great. Excellent. Yeah, I'll do that. All right. And with that, um, the make sure I remembered everyone. I think I did. All right. <clears throat> Amantha Lodar looks upon the room and then floats up high up upon his wheelchair and sort of levitates so that everyone can see him and he says thank you all everyone for meet convening at this council at short notice the hour of combat is upon us and as we decided at our last meeting we would meet one last time to go over the plans and finalize our descent back into Earth. This is the second meeting of the War Council of Earthly Defenders. We will dispense with the formalities. You all know who one another are, what factions you represent, and for what purpose we are here for. To secure the prosperous future of Earth. Our heroes of the wastes and our great... Stellale Prime have been victorious in their effort to find and return our great engineer Tungsten Wheel to us. Thank you all 
an excellent work doing so. We now have hope. This meeting was called upon um, at the last meeting to go over any new information that we might have obtained and to finalize our descent into the battlefield. And so without further ado, Admiral Chrysorius, please show us what we know. <clears throat> and then the, the, the high, high Alpha Mantelodar lowers down and Admiral Chrysorius steps from the platform that he was floating in on to the ground. And the light, the sun just seems to dim as the canopy grows thicker above so that it's darker. And then the glow of illusion from the dais, boom, moves up. And he says, The great Selele Prime instructed us to send a scout down to Earth. Nobieri and his undead. Nobieri has returned with information for us all. He will speak in a moment, but allow us to show you what we know of the battlefield. And in roll 20, I will now return to the battlefield view of things. All right, here we go. Does everyone see it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. So, no, some decisions were talked about various approaches, moving from the underground, hitting the front gate, and attacking by air. We may have to change some of these, dependent upon the information we have about uh, what's available below. Nobieri. And the Nobieri stands up and he says, Thank you. I have returned to Earth while our defenders went to go collect Tungsten Wheel. Tungsten will speak about the Trianglosphere soon, but I am here to speak on what we can find below. And as he steps down the different rows into the center of the battlefield, you will see here that the solar mines are a great range of mountains surrounding a flat valley of desert, hot, waterless, and unforgiving. It is as Nash said when he described in great detail the inner workings of the buildings there. I found a compound of government buildings where workers went to do bureaucratic things. Nearby was a compound I had learned was called Workerberg. And those areas supported a land of a big dome, the city of the Chosen. I can also confirm from my vantage in the mountains that there is indeed a building called the Information Library. And then the solar mine itself, an entrance to the underground facility at the center, surrounded by lava. In descending, my goal was to find a way through the mountains where we could sneak in, perhaps move underground. But you will see here upon the map a range of towers surrounds the perimeter of this place. Based on my observation, a paladin of the umbilical order stationed as sentry watching all around, not only visually, but with magical sensors. Sneaking in unnoticed, 
will not be an option. Very risky, without proper tools, which I do not know that we have. I also observed these slow peters that Nash described. They are great, great machines, shaped like a man, patrolling. I have observed seven, eight of them, perhaps more. Their armaments deadly. Finally, it seems the principal has summoned his forces and hardened the defenses. There were a thousand to two thousand Toyota host horde patrolling with their Dragon Sun generals, the compounds themselves. Apart from that, it's as Nash said, endless rows of solar panels to mine the sun. I also spotted four anti-aircraft cannons at various locations. The front gate is manned by a paladin of the Umbilica Order and two platoons of Koromokishi, the orcs as such as the Nameless One is from. In various places, the Karamokishi also patrol as additional support to their army. It will be up to this council to decide where best to place our units for battle. But the information on this map here is what I have observed. Thank you. Any questions for me? Are you uh, <clears throat> you still thinking the, the way to go is from the rear, like we discussed before, and not the main gate, or, or to split the forces so the main gate is a distraction and we enter from the rear? That will be up to this council to decide. I merely come back with information. Were you able to determine the range of the anti-aircraft guns? Maybe we can get away with not having to disable all four. Maybe we can get away with disabling just one or two. They did not fire the guns when they were here, and I have no military knowledge of such equipment. Needless to say, they clearly appear pointed at the sky above the solar mines. And... That would be my best guess as to what they are for. Did anything appear to have shields around it? Like if we took out the solar panels, would could it potentially power down everything? I observed no shields or energy forces surrounding any structure or enemy. No shielding. I can In tell memory you. of this is table talk, wasn't weren't Slow Peters fire based? <coughs> they were last we talked about them are, they, okay. are these the represented by these mechs Bo is that what these are they are, okay. they are yes cool okay. alright so I will say any forces with me would be protected by my presence against the fire I will handle any slow peters that may come up do you think they're weak to water 
I'll look at Nash. Uh, I doubt it. The only advantage you have is they're slow. They're methodic and slow. They're not. They're not fast. So your advantage is speed. But they're dangerous, and as far as I know, they're not. Uh, unless you, I suppose, buried them in water. I don't know that it would have any effect. How about giant smash? Slow, Peter. Giant fast, Peter. Says Hargamun in the back. We beat them to smithereens. They don't look so big. And it's not the giant speaking, but he is speaking, but it's the hand sort of poking from behind the the seats. Someone else runs Barter Town. Um, I would just yell for the seats in the back. Don't be too cocky about these. They're they're slow and seemingly stupid and lacking nuance, but they'll destroy you if they get in range. Admiral Chrysorius steps forward and says, Thank you, Nobieri, I believe. If we have questions, we will ask as the conversation unfolds. Nobieri will only have information about what we saw and what he could surmise from what he saw. Let's review the forces that we have because we can't, we have to deploy them all in specific directions. And heroes, your job will be to escort the Trianglosphere into the solar mine itself. So you will need, we will need to make decisions as to who is deployed where. If you look to the left here, we have our elven ships. The first of our battalions. We have 15 elven drop ships with 10 platoons of 50 ground troop soldiers that we can deploy. They were decided last time that they would approach from the air. We have received word from your companion, Eddie, and her ship, Eddie's Gambit, will be joining the fray along with a friend of yours called Sarah. Diane Talis and Monsoon Cabbage will also be part of the air unit as last decided with Stanley volunteering to lead that force. As well as we have Stanley's ship, the Fate Six, and the Ghost Crew. To the right, you will see on the map, we have our ground forces. We have five giant Cyclops, Hogomoon's people. We have the Tiefling volunteers that will form part of the shock troops on the ground. We have the 99 Nashes, we have the Liberator Squadron, and we have the Lizardfolk Anti-Dragon Tack Team that will also form as part of the ground forces, as it stands now. And perhaps there will be many goblins. We haven't heard word from your Bok friend on if they will be arriving or not. You'll also have one big, scary, rad dragon. So, yes, and Nash, well, I've placed Nash with the 99 Nashes, as they may need a general to lead them. I've placed Vorel with the TAC team, the, the Lizardfolk TAC team, and of course, Hope, we have assigned to the Tiefling contingent. Of course, it's as you decide, we do need to get the Triangulosphere into the city center, so a proposed plan might be for the various forces to make their way and meet in the middle. 
However, should thing go go should the battle not go as planned, which has a high likelihood, it may be wiser for, to keep the four of you together and to insert you in only after the battle has started. What's do we clear know what here? Mm-hmm. Pardon me. Go ahead. Uh, do we know what the triangle sphere is supposed to do? No, we haven't had that part yet. Uh, tungsten okay. wheel. And Tungsten gets up and he says, Thank you, everyone. And I want to begin by thanking the heroes of the Wastes for the great deeds and sacrifice in recovering me from the prison of Pentelvice. Had they not found me, I would have spent an eternity there, and this battle would surely have been lost. Thank you. He bows towards you. Dunglestar, please bring it in. And Dunglestar reaches behind himself and has this remote RC remote control, and he begins... And this platform sort of hovers in between the trees. And this, this um, you know, vehicular-sized, maybe 10 feet tall, collection of spherical weird shapes meshed all in a row and floating upon this dais is moved in. Tungsten says, allow me to introduce to you the completed triangulosphere. When activated, this is a machine of considerable energy conversion potential that will take mana wave radiation, collect it, and amplify it into a new wave. This wave will penetrate matter at great distances and it will serve to counteract and balance the mana wave radiation of Earth, essentially purifying it. This will close the door to demon kind from our world. It will also return this world to its more mundane roots after a time. Meaning that those who rely upon their magical powers will no longer have them. If everyone is still in support of this solution, we bring this to the solar mine, we drop it in the hottest entry point into Earth, fully spooled up, and allow it to do its thing. A demonstration of how it needs to be activated. Heroes of the Wastes. So, he, so the um, Dungle Star, please show them how it's to be transported. And Dungle Star hits the remote control and boom, puts a circle of energy around it. We have a modified version of Autoluke's um, resilient sphere activated through the device that we learned from Diantalus's wand that he used in an encounter on Elhandar. We procured one of those from one of the compromised elves that um, he was working with. This will be used to allow the triangle sphere to float. However, if necessary, Vorel, of the party members, you will be the only one able to carry it on your back should the remote control device fail. This needs to be transported into the solar mine 
into a point where the the lava basin exists in there and dropped in, but it must be activated first. We will demonstrate its activation to you. And um, there is a button on the device itself as well as one on the radiation on the radio control device. And Dungle Star turns a knob on it, and all the little slivers in the sphere of metal parts begins spinning. And as it spins, it makes a laser-like shape that everyone can see that is both a triangle and a sphere at the same time. It's a shape that you've never seen before of impossible geometry that your brain... Like, it hurts to understand. Like the blue or white dress thing, it's both a sphere and a triangle at the same time, this energy outline and sand and dirt begin to lift off the ground and hope your horns turn to liquid gel as they once did back in Dust Hill many, many year ago. And and there's this, for those of you who are arcane touched, feel this sense of corruption and pulling. And then Tungsten looks to Dunglestar and says, that's quite enough. And Dungle Star turns it back down, and the sphere begins to stop rotating. Admiral Chrysoria speaks. He says, Thank you, Dungle Star, for the presentation. Our mission is not to vanquish all the enemy's forces, they outnumber us 10, 20 to 1, perhaps more. Our mission is to secure the delivery of this device and the Heroes of the Waste to the solar mine where they will transport it to the lava basin, activate it, and drop it into the earth. So we must make our decisions as to how to deploy our forces accordingly. And we have many loved ones and many folks we care about on this mission, but we cannot hesitate to do what must be done to meet this goal. Quick table talk. How big is this thing as we're observing it? Um, it's about 10 feet tall. So, Oh, man. Two feet taller than Varel. And it looks like it weighs, you know, probably an actual ton. It's made completely of metal. It's so it's not like the weight, weight sneak, of a car. It's not like sneaking a USB stick in there. We got we got to figure out a way to get a no, big old thing. you got a full magical contraption that's going to shut down the, the demon gates uh, to Earth. It, it is floatable on the radio control device. Remember how Hope got trapped in one and was floated, it was yeeted off yeah. <laughs> into a cave um, in this floating bubble. So they have put Odaluke's um, resilient sphere on it, and it is it is floatable. So you can control it and not have to carry it. But it is, but only so it, only so long as you have the remote control. And we don't have a way to really cloak it, right? Like I could shrink I it and then re-enlarge in it. All right, Your shrink I'm, only lasts a minute, and the war might take a while. Yeah, that's true. I'm thinking I had too much here. That thing just seems like a beast. No, we are here to plan. But uh, in Admiral Chrysoria says, a first, the first thing we must do is secure the cannons, send in forces to disable those anti-air cannons. The next will be to deploy forces where they need to be deployed. against what armies within here. May I suggest, for example, 
that we send to begin with forces to attack the front gates as a distraction. As a second step, we send in our full forces, but with some of the forces tasked to drop in, to paratroop in immediately and head for the anti-air cannons to disable them while the forces get redeployed to the front door. Once the cannons are disabled, the rest of the military, the rest of the air forces will descend in. Most will be tasked to deal with the slow peters. And we will dis- we will drop the heroes of the waste near the center building so that they may begin their mission. I don't think it's a likely outcome that will secure the surface before we get deep inside. But if that's Solele Prime, that is my recommendation, but you perhaps see better stratagem than I do. Well, looking at what we're dealing with here, it is, as you say, very clear we are not going to win this fight in the traditional sense. We are simply outgunned and outnumbered, so at best, we can only hope to confuse their defenses and split them enough to buy us the time we need to do what we have to do. Uh, top priority will definitely be the anti-air cannons so that we can get the bulk of our forces in. It would also provide us the fastest way to get to the middle of the buildings uh, to drop off the triangular sphere. Uh, to that end, maybe we could all be aboard the Fate 6 and head in once we've confirmed the cannons are down. The Nameless Orc stands up, speaks, he says, Yes, I will volunteer the Liberator Squadron to assault the front entrance. Allow these heroes of the Wastes as much time as possible to to achieve success in this mission. I pledge my forces to the front gate. Where will the principal be in all of this? Probably waiting for us inside, down deep. I don't expect to see him up top. Nash's collective dream he had for us is any indication. He knows we're coming. He's waiting for us. That doesn't mean he's going to make it easy. In fact, I would say our last scuffle with him showed how far from immortality he still is. So I would anticipate he's going to want to soften us up as much as possible. Uh to that end, I think the best we can hope for is uh, distractions and to make our path down to him as easy as possible. For the paladins, um, we're going to need some very strong fighters to keep them busy. Admiral Christ's response to your suggestion says... The Paladins, it's true, their armor is quite strong and their tactics are quite elaborate. They are difficult foes. However, they are still flesh beings underneath it all. And they have a particular weakness for elven empathy armaments. More so than the mad Toyota host or the Koromo Kishi in their discipline. These warriors have allied themselves to machines and created many pathways of empathy as they are softened against their machine overlords. 
which allows our weapons to work quite well against them. So let us decide where the air forces will go. Our suggestion here is to have them split off and deal with the towers one by one, taking care of the, uh, the paladins uh, who command them. No doubt the forces of the Toyota host will be dispersed to deal with those assaults, leaving the center open. I imagine the Slopeters will be redisposed to the front gate, leaving only various Kuromokishi and host squadrons that have not moved in the center. Remember that these forces are not commanded by geniuses <laughs> uh, with intelligence such that the Elhandari elves have in their long tradition of war. They are savage desert dwellers that see a target and head towards it. This is our greatest advantage. If we fight in tears, and waves rather, they will send their forces in full to the various battles on the map, opening the center for the deposit of the heroes. And this is where our secret weapon comes in. We have the power of an archfey on our side. And you hear a voice speak up from the back. You didn't see him. And he goes, yes. And a great being of blue energy steps into the center of the room. And you see Diane Talis Stanley, not your favorite person. He walks through and he says, all of this speech about losses and difficulty are laughable. Allow me to descend in there and I will dispose of every one of them. Anything to bring me closer in kinship to my protege. And he reach, he opens up his arms and he looks towards you, Stanley. Soon this war will be over. And you and I shall do great things together in the name of both the House of Dientalis and the Elves of Elhandar. All right, simmer down, Sparky. You are no doubt very strong, but uh, you were recently brought low by just this little instrument I've got stuck to my back, so let's not overexert our reach here. The most important thing that we going around taking out the towers... I think a quick, nimble strike force who can hit those hard and fast is going to be ideal. That might be Dientalis on the ones to the west. Um, maybe even the lizard folk would be ideal for attacking some of those as far as attacking the ones to the east. Your people are certainly quick and focused. That's too, bro. What was the table talk? What was the name of the... The place we found Dolopopio, the, the mega dungeon. Caravalon. Caravalon. All right, I'll stand up and, and kind of gesture at the map. I say we give the Caravalon special to the one in the bottom left here. Nash digs a tunnel, and we gain access to the cannon during the assault on the front gate. Okay, so the, the sorry, the um the southeastern one? This uh, guy south right here. Western one would be the one I'd be gesturing at because that'd be furthest away from the gate. Oh, okay. South this of this <clears> guy here. Can I mold yeah. earth over there? Oh, I see what you're saying. 
Alright, so Southwest Cannon. Nash Digs Hole. Uh, Lizard Folk Tack Team. Assaults. With Pharrell. Okay. Alright, that is one force deployed. The entirety of your forces, Pharrell? I was thinking the heroes of the waste there. Make their presence known and split the enemy. Would you go in first or second after the battle commences? I would think start the battle, draw forces toward the northern gate, get everybody in that direction as much as possible. Then, a short time after that has started, we have Diantalus launch an assault on the uh, northwestern tower. This one here. Okay. I'm going to put Diantalus over there. So that you get up and you, you begin manipulating the map, uh, moving pieces to where they're supposed to go. So I'm going to put Diantalus there. Okay. Yep. He should be more than a match for anything he might face and... Uh, be able to hold his own and then we have the uh, we have Varel's people assault the one in the southeast down here using their uh, hooks to climb uh, whatever you may call it their special armor they should be able to scale the mountains and get down to it quite quickly and easily uh, they will assault that one the Heroes of the Waste, while we wait for confirmation that the towers have all been destroyed, can put our focuses on this one down here, do our part. And that just leaves determining who will be taking out the northeastern tower. Uh, if the gates breached, it could certainly be those forces. Monsoon Cabbage steps forward from the tree line and says... I can take care of this one. All right. You would receive uh, considerable backup if the gate is breached, but keep in mind the majority of the forces will be concentrated in that area. All Diantelis and myself will work as agents alone, but we are formidable opponents. We will signal in each of us once the deed has been done and move on towards new objectives. And um, Chrysler's uh, finger, he holds his hand up, his brain lights up, he says, oh, yes, and I, I forgot to mention this. We were able to procure headsets for radio communications for the different squadrons so they may communicate. Please distribute them. And another elf comes by with a box and he starts delivering like little earbud, these kind of things to everyone, uh, to you, Varel, to you, Hope, to all the generals. We may remain in constant communication using these ancient Earth devices. Cool. They're, they're still in operation, and we had... They were in a museum upon El Hendar. Um, but note that these use radio wave communications, and thus we want to keep communications to a minimum because the enemy could listen in if they discover the frequency on which we speak. And Monsoon Cabbage says, Yes, I have experience with this. Uh-huh. We know you do. <laughs> uh, once we've Ignoring. completed... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Varel. Ignoring past treacheries, 
If we were to then push up into the city of the Chosen, would we not have a hero's welcome from any oppressed peoples? The heroes of the waste at their doorstep. Dintel speaks up and says, I was not able to enter into the vicinity without risking being caught tiefling in a place free with no visible free tieflings in sight. The only one who could assuredly speak to this is Nash, who has lived among these people here. Well, I can tell you that those who are like me in this place will gladly join our side as we as we make it known that we have the power to overthrow their overlords, but they have to know that or they will not voluntarily do it. They know it's instant death if they if they go against the will of of any of the leadership. So they would have to know by our show of strength or initial shock and destruction or something that this is that moment for them to rise up. And at the very least, know that it's worth fighting at that point more than it is to be living there. Like they'd rather die to fight to get out than they would live there till the you know their end of days. Um, maybe we could use the other Nashes for that. I I feel if we go do that from the gun, we're wasting time and and resources. We need to get the machine down there, and he knows we're coming, so it's not going to be easy. So maybe we get the Nashes into that city and see if they can talk some sense into them I agree they've all had some form of experience in the solar mines and all of their timelines so they know what they'll they'll know of what they speak so the Nashes to diplomatically recruit indentured slaves I don't think Nash is particularly known for his diplomacy but uh if the others see their people being liberated, especially by one of their own, even if it's many of one of their own, it might at least inspire someone to uh, rise up and think differently. I guess the question is, do we want us to be committed to that first gun, or do we want to use the other Nashes for it? My vote is for the other Nashes. I feel we need to really save our stuff for when we drop in. We help command the battle from the top, and then when it's time to go, that's when we go. They can do both. They can start the battle by securing a tower, then they can move in. Every, everything that happens after the towers are down, we have plenty of forces to move in. And My hope is some of the Nashes... <laughs> there are 99 of them. I hope some of the Nashes survive the tower. Well, I know, Varel, you are itching for a battle, but keep in mind that uh, while we may be sitting out the first skirmishes of this battle, the biggest one is waiting for us. I think Hope's right. I think we send a hundred Nashes to take out the first anti-air gun and have them move forward into the city from there. At the very least, we should be at the front gate for a time. What's the point of drawing forces? Uh, No insult to our general here. If the heroes of the waste are not present, I feel our image alone would conjure forth the majority of the forces inside the solar mines. This is a wise thing he says. Your presence with various forces will bolster their attack chances when rolls need to be made. I can agree to that. 
And we yeah. can just show up places where we want to draw forces, right? I think it's safe to assume those anti-aircraft guns are not going to be able to reach us outside of the gates. We could easily park the Fate 6 in the back, start with the assault with the main force, make it more convincing that that's where we're going in, and then once we have confirmation that the guns are down, get on the Fate 6 and charge directly to the center. Ah. Fly over the wall, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we can provide your Uncle Seva with one of these headsets so that you could radio him and they could just scoop you up from the battlefield at the gate. It's decided then. All right. Um, and Diane Tallison, Monsoon, and the Lizard Folk, when they are successful, where do you wish them to go? Well, uh, Diane Talis, I trust, is going to head towards the largest amount of bodies he can deal with at any given moment, which is probably where we could use him. Uh, Monsoon, I trust you are equally capable of deciding where your talents best lay. I think myself and Diane Talis would be best suited to deal with these slow peters that Nash speaks of. We could... <clears throat> Dispatch them easily with our combined strength. What do you say, Dientalus? Yes, I don't much care who I'm killing as long as they're laying at my feet in pools of their own blood and feces. <laughs> Just tack the feces on the end there. I like it. <laughs> Nash, the panels, do those power things now, or does it collect stuff to be used later? It's harvesting the power which they hoard and keep below stored, and I don't know, I don't know how it's stored or why. But I, whether or not that stored power runs the facility, or if the real-time harvesting runs the facility, I don't know. I would assume if you took out all the dishes, the backup would kick in. But I, but I don't know. It's never gone down. Okay, so if the if we have forces who aren't strong enough to take on the slow Peters and the bigger things, they could work on dismantling the panels. My thought is the gate will eventually fall as the battle turns inwards, allowing our forces from outside to get in, as well as the Alhendari forces and the airships will descend and engage with the horde of Toyota hosts. From there... Our hope is to win, but that fight will really just be about buying you time to get underground where the great, where the real threat awaits. For all we know, all of our forces will eventually die atop the battlefield. And it will only be you four that remain to complete our real objective, the depositing of this Trianglosphere. Once the uh, air cannons are down and we can bring in the full might of our air force, which is a lot of our stronger options, they can circle the perimeter doing what they can for these towers all along the way, but they can also potentially create a roadblock between uh, principal forces coming back to stop us once we've entered the center building. We could have them deposit troops and create sort of... Uh, 
a pincer between the gate forces coming in and us in the center here. Might prevent anybody coming up behind us as we descend. Very good. And he begins marking it on the map. And I'm writing it down so we remember it. So they're going to form a perimeter around the the solar mine itself. Okay. Are there any other Nashers at this meeting? No. Okay. <laughs> we didn't invite White Robe, despite the fact that he's their leader. Well, Nash is, remember that was a step. Remember <laughs> oh, right. Nash, he has that to was go to the meetings. Ge- Ge- General Nash is our Nash still. So he's yeah. the Nash general, but we just let the White Nash feel like he's in charge. White Nash was just, he's just keeping the peace with the other 98 Nashes so that we can not have a problem. So, but from, it sounds like from, from there, all the forces will convene towards the center with the exception of Monsoon and Dying Talus, who will be our special forces taking out Slow Peters, as well as the Lizard Tactical Team, who are equipped to handle great threats, Pharrell? Yes. And will be quite adept at smashing panels should they find themselves without activity. Yes. So, just to clarify so I know the scope of what we're dealing with here. Uh, ourselves and a bulk of our ground forces will start the battle up at the gate, causing a distraction and a general focus of forces in that direction to stop us. With our presence there and the numbers we have, it will certainly seem like it will be the full assault. While we do that, the lizard folks will attack the tower in the southeast. Monsoon Cabbage will attack the Air Force uh, cannon in the northeast. Diantalus, the one in the northwest. And the 100 Nash is the one in the southwest. Once those are confirmed <laughs> down... Just going through it in my head. It's just the 100 Nashes. It just sounds funny. Nashes. You know, it's just like... <laughs> Once those are down, we will move our air forces in to deposit uh, our allies behind the enemy forces in the gate. And the, uh, the air cannon forces will then begin focusing on Slow Peters, with the exception of the Nashes, who are going to go and attempt to liberate solar mine workers on their own. We will then take to the sky, fly to the middle, and try to uh, deposit the triangular sphere in the core. Does that sound about right? It does to me. Everyone nods or assents their agreement with the battle plan. And, uh, you know, the nameless one, or not the nameless one, but Bertrand Moog uh, leans up and he says, I don't know about you dumbasses, but in my experience, no plan ever survives first contact. This principal guy, he's a real arsehole. And his arsehole's deep and long and full of tricks. I would expect anything. And everyone's kind of like, okay, thank you for that. <laughs> As a reaction, but. 
And yeah, maybe we just leave our episode there. <laughs> we, we end on his arsehole's long and deep and full of tricks. I mean, I don't know how I can say have a better line. Let's 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 that, leave it there. That's a perfect it's, final thing ever to say yeah. in your life. It's perfect. Uh, I, uh, I wish I didn't say that, but it is what it is. The card laid, the card played. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the battle plan's set, right? Like, unless you guys have anything else you wanted to contribute, I think this is a an awesome battle plan, and it's going to be an epic. Yeah, we're gonna have an epic session next week. I feel like we for sure. as ready as we're ever gonna be for this fight. I think, and I think John giving us all this stat food has been my favorite tweak. So well done, John. Pretty good food. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. good it's not bad. I feel like you should have been cooking more often. But hey, who am I to say? Got, got some wisdom advantage for Varel. Hopefully, he doesn't <laughs> get mind controlled immediately now. That'd be uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That would be nice. Well, uh, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to wait until next week to find out uh, how this all goes down. And we are doing a show next week. So tune in and find out where all of this goes as we begin our big assault on the solar mines. Hopefully we can recover some of those Twilight books while we're there. That'd be great. Uh, that's going to do it for us. A big reminder to go support us on our website, therewillbedungeons.com. There's a link right there where you click that and you can throw a buck our way and help the show survive and thrive. Also, a quick note that if you want to submit questions for our exclusive monthly uh, episode where we do Q&A, there's a link on the page for that. In fact, there's a form right there. You just fill it out, send the messages, and we're off to the races. So please do that. That'll do it for us, for Bo, for John, for Kyle, for Kristen, and for myself. We'll see you next week. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.